phantasm, the delusion of a disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. Don't debate with me, Carl! Just come here and die while you still have the option of doing it quickly! You think that when you die, Welcome to the next, the next, the fuck am I? T- Welcome to another episode of Nerd Words. We're joined today by Nick, who, Hello, folks. Nick, uh, we've known for what, like three, four years, probably. I've, uh, I've met Nick, obviously. Known, or known ago, of. Yeah. Uh, it's actually the first time I've ever met him. I've only ever known him from his voice on Xbox Live. <laughs> right. So it's, it's weird, but um, not that weird. But yeah, so welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being on the show. In yeah, person. Yeah. Good to be here. And you drove a, a bit too, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, two hour drive for me. Jesus. From, uh, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Sorry about all that clinking. Eliminating excuses from everyone we know. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be here on a Sunday? Go fuck yourself. So, a little preface. We mentioned this last time. This is Bob, by the way. Um, hello. Um, Nick, how we, how we know of Nick, I'll just tell you about Nick. Uh, my take... I'm one of those people where someone likes to always give me a preview before I meet them for some reason. I'm assuming that's a human trait. However, I never really see people do that to anyone else. But they're like, Bob, Nick's kind of an asshole. So I want to preface this before you meet him. He, he can rub you wrong immediately or you're just going to love him is what's going to go on. It's really the two. Just be careful. I don't want you to get mad. I want. All right. It'll like save you from, you know, so, just a cautionary note. So when I met Nick, nothing they said was true. I just want to point this out. What is Nick's not an asshole. Nick's a guy to tell you like it is. If you're wrong, he will tell you. He's not afraid to do so, and it's it's a respectful guy. I mean, that's just how I, that's how I see it, you know. And because of that, it's very much like the, all three of us in this room are three people that his moniker has been laid on. That's just how it is. To the layman, I guess we're assholes. <laughs> it's how it gets marked. But I will I will wear that hat proudly if that's what that is. It's actually so. kind of funny because exactly how you explained it, you know. It's, and I've heard it from almost all the people I meet. It's always, I come with a disclaimer. You know, it's always like, hey, I just got to let you know. You're going to meet Nick. He's going to say some shit, right? Um, try not to be offended. He doesn't mean it in a mean way. Um, but really what it comes down to is a lot of it's how people take what I say. Right. I don't attack people. I attack their ideas. But people hold ideas very personal. Right. So they take it as a personal attack. It's never that way. I'm generally cool with everybody. That's a deep way of looking at things. Yeah. And I can approve. I, I can appreciate that because I, I often come with disclaimers as well. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think I attack people, but I apparently do a lot of things I'm not aware of. So uh, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Of the three of us, I've physically attacked people in my younger, dumb days, like didn't think things through. 
but I've also had to learn not to verbally attack people. And I will say that. I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I've, I could say that if you've known me for the length of my life, maybe there's some truth to a little bit of that, but not, not now. As a grown-ass man, it just doesn't happen. And I've not seen that. I've, granted, Nick, we haven't hung out every single day of your life, but I will say this, ain't no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool-ass guy, has a conversation, polite. I mean, that's, that's the only thing I say about that. So, um, And why I say that is because I think it's funny, and I want to immortalize it, because I still think, even people that listen to this are still going to disclaim both of you easily. I already know that. It's still going to happen. And they probably should, because it's always, <laughs> it's always that they assume the worst, you know? They're like, right. you know, because that it always makes it, they're kind of like, oh, geez, I thought he was going to, like, come in and pee on my carpet and do all kinds of things. But, you know, really, he's just an all right guy. Hide the baby. Nick's coming over. And it's what? Tie the baby. <laughs> <laughs> One time. One time. <laughs> it follows you. I never know why. I can never live it down. I steal one woman's soiled panties, and next thing you know. So I had a, I had an idea for a subject. I actually I've been I've been like working on this yes. stuff. I've been like doing things and notes and here's the topics. But I have a I have one that I want to talk about. because uh, I think that it's a good topic to have while you're here because you can give a logical sort of response, which I think you're very good at. Um, I was going to talk about, uh, what the hell was I going to talk about? Exploitation films? <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Um, instead, I want to talk about, because it's you know coming up on Halloween, I want to talk about ghost stories. Yeah. Everybody's got a fucking <laughs> spooky story, some shit that happened to them. And I figure instead of like throwing you into the deep end of a subject you may not necessarily know fully, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what your movie you know, digestion is like, I don't know what you're into, but I figure you have a, a good brain for debunking bullshit. I'm sorry with that out of curiosity. Are you, are you into horror films? Like the whole Halloween thing? Uh, no, but I do enjoy the zombie remakes. Like okay. those or redos, re imaginations as Phil calls them. Um, all that stuff. It, they're really cool. I like his kind of take on it. He obviously takes the cheese way out of it. But still maintains the soul of the originals. Um, but I've only seen a handful of horror movies. I don't go out of my way to watch them, and most okay. of them are just generally silly to me. Which yes. is probably a good reason or a good idea that I I didn't end up going with that topic. Um, <laughs> but I figure I figure uh, you know since it's since it's you know almost Halloween and everybody's got a ghost story, we probably could talk about that and, and share some of those, and then also you know shit on them because. <laughs> I I have I have experiences with, I guess you could say like things that have happened that have been weird, um, but I don't I don't personally believe in ghosts. I don't buy into ghosts being real. But I have some things that I've experienced or have been uh, shared with me secondhand from like trusted parents, as opposed to the untrusted parents, I guess. Um, where I was like, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting to talk about because everybody seems to have one. The uh, the thing I kind of want to just uh, as a disclaimer, uh, the idea of not believing in ghosts. Um, there's there's a thing I believe in, and we'll just leave it. I mean, at least from my angle on this, this slice is that there's a phenomenon of fear. It's a given fact that if you're anybody's been home alone in the dark, whatever, at some point in your life before you got used to it, your mind tries to help you survive that scenario. And a lot of times, if it's something new to you that's terrifying. Uh, your mind, you, you'll experience shit. You'll you'll see some pretty interesting things or hear some pretty interesting sounds. Nine times Sorry. out of ten are not even there, smoke over here. right? Or they're exaggerated to you because you're in a heightened state of fear. 
fear can and often and will in the future make you assume shit is going on that isn't. And to the rec- to your memory's recollection, your mind years later after the fact is only going to remember that scenario, not the fear anymore. It just and, and why it's in your head is because it sucked. And that's stuff that uh, anybody can look up. Um, I, I did it only because if you've ever been in those arguments at a party of X, Y, and Z and they started talking about ghost stories, everybody has some drunken dude who's gone on and on and on about how he swears to you that all the furniture was stuck to the ceiling, right? On its own. No one nailed it. Blah, 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 blah. And one of those things is that that person can't get the fact that you were just scared, bro. And that's well, really I, scared I, I to think memorize that, that shit. Uh, I, I think that it's one half, like a person will experience something that they can't explain and it'll freak them out. And then the other half is embellishment of that. Right. That like, you know, I caught the 20 foot fucking fish. No, you didn't. You caught a four <laughs> foot fish. You know, th- that's probably pretty huge too. But, you know, it, it's it's that concept. Like you in the retelling of the story, every time you tell it, something a little bit weirder or a little bit creepier happens. And then, you know, years down the road, it's now it's this fucking blown out of proportion. <laughs> you know, I saw a man, he materialized in front of me and he fucking threatened my mom and I fled. You know, it's like, come on. It didn't yeah, happen. you go Brian Williams. Right. Um and everybody's guilty of it. I don't right. I don't really care who you are if if you're not honest that you've embellished stories or have continued to embellish the same story for a long period of time then you're just not honest with yourself. Right. Um and I think Nate is exactly onto the right thing with that. That's the other part of the horror story. You want people to feel what you felt. And the only way to do that is to draw them in and that's by bringing more absurdness into it because that's the part that really scared you. Something was just off. It was absurd. It wasn't quite right. So yeah, by embellishing it, that's exactly what you're doing. You're bringing them in on that level. And then there's sure. that whole that whole like, um, like the stories that I've been told, and I'll I'll get into the stories later. But um, I I don't know how I got the rational gene because I come from people that are not super rational uh, as far as that stuff is concerned. <laughs> Um, I like ghost stories were a thing that like on a regular basis, I would hear some of these stories. Like my family has a whole vast folklore and a lot of that comes from people sort of dying, you know, at a young age or, you know, um, like for instance, my mom's mom died when she was 14, died in the house. And I think that there's like that inherent, like something bad happened here. And that's our way of kind of coping with it, that like weird shit happens and we attribute it to, you know, things that have no bearing on it whatsoever because people can't really wrap their brains around mortality that people just kind of die. Haven't dealt with the grief. Right. Won't. And that's the other shoe, right? One half is fear and then the other half of ghosts, especially loved ones and particularly loved ones, whether they be pets or family members, people will not let them go. Yeah. So they know they're dead. So they'll say something like, if something random good happens, thank you, Grandpa, for looking out for me. You know, generally harmless, but whenever I hear that, I kind of am troubled. Like, here's a person where it's cool you love them. Do you really believe your dead granddad somehow helped you make that three-point shot? (laughs) You know, do you truly believe he guided it? I mean, that's, and I never want to ask that question, and I always leave it alone. I've never done it, um, because that's a level of, that's like, like we said earlier, there's, there's a level of attacking someone, and I feel that's more than attacking a belief. Where you are attacking a belief, you're also attacking the person at that point. 
And it's like, I'm going to leave you alone. There, there is a degree of silliness there. I will let people just sort of have. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's like, all right, I could be right or right-ish here, or I could think I'm right, but at what cost? Like, I'm really just <laughs> shitting on this person. Right. And for me, like, when I was younger, I didn't have that level of, you know, concern for other people. But as I've gotten older, <laughs> I, you know, I've learned, like, all right, you just have your thing. That's cool. All right. <laughs> Where I get annoyed is when people really push the issue where they're like, no, you really have to, you have to come along on the journey with me. And I'm like, no, I don't have to go along on the journey. And that's when I start to be like, look, let's break it down for you here. Right. But I don't have that too often anymore. Uh, I've, I've learned to just kind of like let people be who they are. And I, I have a level of leave me the fuck alone that kind of pervasive in my general appearance anyways <laughs> so i don't get that as much anymore i feel like uh uh you know off topic a little when you're when you're a younger person people like they want to impress upon you you know they want to they think well you know he's just misunderstood let's bring him into the fold let's let's also make him believe this wacky shit i believe but the older you get the more people are like all right he's he's too far gone we'll just fucking let him be an asshole by himself so yeah, but uh, so moving right along, um, have, have either of you ever experienced anything that you were like, oh, that was really fucking weird where you were like, maybe that was a little, you know, have you ever had a ghost story? Have you ever had uh, something you were like, oh, yeah, but you got to understand that the mentality, the age I was at, I, I fully believe that it was it was a ghost effect at that time. As I got older and started looking up, mm-hmm. like I said, the fear effect, um, the people you're around can affect what you're hearing and then of course what's over there sure you know what i mean but let's, let's just play the halloween game to play the halloween game you no know, what i'm saying is i'm not like i'm above it what right. i'm saying is <laughs> as a disclaimer what you hear the stories i have i absolutely believe and even and even there's a level of logic plays a part in it Sorry but i'm that. a horror film fan okay so there's a part of me that goes man i hope it was a ghost and I hope logically I'm wrong and I won't know until I'm dead. What was and that, uh, real quick, not to interrupt you, but what was that thing you were watching yesterday? The the thing, that was actually phenomena. And that's, then I'll steal the light for the first story. Yeah. I was, uh, I'll tell my story and I'll tell you what that is. Uh, when I was about, uh, I'd say 13, uh, 10 to 13, I don't remember. I think I was younger than 13, but I used to just sleep in my mom's bed with my mom and we'd watch horror films. I'd pass out, whatever. And on one of these nights, because my mom used to, to give you an idea, when mom and dad split, um, what happens is, is that, you know, living with my mom, she's holding down a three-bedroom house, right? To do that, she's working, she's studying to be a, a registered nurse. At the same time, she's a full-time waitress, right? Mm-hmm. Great, great restaurants, Dappers in Chicago, they have a chain now. And it was like, it's like a Greek restaurant. But she was like their top waitress, earning big dollars, right? Just owning it down. When she got home, she's exhausted. So she's got two kids, and we were, me and my sister are just loving kids, we knew my mom was busting her ass. My sister would cook meals for me. I'd clean the house or do whatever we had to do to get by. But when she came home, we just went to hang out with mom. You know, so there I am lying in bed. We're watching a horror film. And at some point, I passed out on my back. Now, since I was a baby, my mom told me I, I would always, I couldn't fall asleep with it on my side or on my stomach. Well, apparently, I've passed out on my back. I don't know why. And I woke up terrified and didn't know why. And it felt like something was just shaking the bed. And I just heard something really like, you know, Bobby, you know, just heard this and the bed's all shaking. And and I thought I just jumped up at one point and leapt to the door of the room. Now, understand, I completely abandoned my mother. 
That's the fear I had. She was in the bed too. I didn't give two shits. I was like, not getting me. Jumped up, <laughs> dove off the bed and looked back and it was all completely calm. Nothing was wrong whatsoever. And I don't, I don't know what happened. Went about my day. When I told my mom that, she told me I woke up next to her in bed during the day and went and ate cereal. I, I didn't jump from nothing. And we couldn't, I couldn't rationalize it. And I was like, wow, so I must have dreamt all of that, mm-hmm. right? All of that. And just don't remember the wake-up part because when I woke up, I ate cereal, which is what I did every morning. <laughs> the show I was watching gets into this. There's a level of sleep paralysis. Right. It's when you believe you're awake and you can't move and something's going on. Now, what, what they were getting into is that people who wake with sleep paralysis, there's something going on in the mental chemistry of your brain where your body does not hit REM sleep, yet you're having these hallucinations. And these hallucinate, and why you can't move is because you're asleep, right? Your body's there, it's doing its thing. And then they see all sorts of effects. It's usually to the fact that they're staring at some form of shadowy part of their room, and their brain starts anticipating something coming from it. And so a lot of them will see these dark figures composed of... It's like a three-dimensional figure of a complete shadow of, of a humanoid something. And it comes over and it's just staring at them in the face or looking at their body or almost touching them. And its goal is to completely terrify them. When in reality, what they what it is is that their body, is, their mind's trying so hard to convince itself to wake up. It's like the subconscious that is in control because they're asleep is battling their waking consciousness, which is trying to wake it up. And they're visually seeing that war that normally we go through naturally every day. Well, the weird effect is, this is highlighting the fact that in eight different cases across the world, it's contagious. Like, they'll tell this story to a loved one who lives with them, and then that person starts having sleep paralysis for no apparent reason. Never had a history of it. And they did this big old sleep study on it. They don't know why. Well, well, thanks, Bob. <laughs> but what they found, what they found was is that there's a level of uh, the uh, psychologist said the, the results of the study, all eight of these people had some sort of either uh, physical trauma or sexual trauma that happened to them when they were really young and they never rationalized what occurred to them. Couldn't figure it out. And the difference between my story, what happened to me and that one, I could move in mine. Like it felt like I couldn't initially. And that was just because of fear. And then eventually I jumped from the bed. It was all a nightmare. I was dreaming. But for them where they're awake dreaming, they, they literally physically can't move and stop breathing at a point. And during the sleep study, they talk about the danger of people with sleep paralysis, why the scientists got all about this, is because people have stopped breathing when this happened. And it's actually weird to them because it's an autonomic response to breathe, meaning you can't do anything about it. Your body needs to survive, does it automatically. It doesn't allow you to think about it. You just do it. When your brain shuts that part off to force you to wake up, well, that's an issue. Because what happens if you go to do that and you, and it doesn't re-engage? Right. So that's how it became a big old study. But that's what I was watching yesterday. So the uh, I've only ever had two creepy things happen to me specifically. I have a whole bunch of stories, but only two that ever happened to me specifically. The first one, these aren't even really that creepy in the retelling, but the first one, um, I think I was probably about 16 or 17 years old. Now, and the, the, the thing you were talking about where, like, I tell you the story and then you kind of like, you know, you start having shit happen to you right. because, because you're, then you're thinking about it. So as I as I prefaced <laughs> like Bloody Mary right, right as I prefaced earlier I my I come from a a a vast sort of uh, family of 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 weirdos right of people that sort of believe in ghosts perhaps there have been séances and things so when I was growing Were up there? 
we'll we'll get it. We'll get into all this. Okay, <laughs> we'll get we'll get into all this. Circles of gunpowder holding uh, the cat because he got the sniffles. So, <laughs> so, so this is a, this is a good point. This is a good point to start. So, the uh, on my mom's side of the family, there's a deep belief in ghosts and spirits and weird shit, and um, I'll get into some of those stories later, but. When I was a little kid, we're talking four or five years old, some of the first memories I ever had, uh, all the adults would talk about this house that my mom grew up in, that my grandfather lived in, and how this house was haunted. And this house was, you know, over 100 years old, and all throughout, you know, the 1800s and 1900s, people had died there. As I already said, my grandmother, who I never met, died there. So they all sort of believed in and, and experienced weird shit happen in this house. To the point where they actually had someone come in and do like a psychic reading right. or whatever on this house. And, you know, the, this person, probably a complete charlatan full of shit, you know, told them there's like, there's a bunch of really bad shit here. There's a bunch of dark spirits. <laughs> and so like, this was stuff that I was kind of fed from a very young age. And moving forward to my personal experience. My grandfather passed away when I was about 14. And this is my mom's dad, the guy that lived in this house. And then after he died, basically anytime something weird would happen in the house, it was attributed to him. So, you know, if, you know, something would creak or, or like a, <laughs> something would fall out of the cabinets instead of going, well, you know, it just was stacked poorly. It was automatically kind of like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, dad's you know, trying to tell us something. And I, I never believed in that shit. I was just like, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, or a light would flicker or the TV would shut off. You know, it's like, it's a fucking shitty house in Romeoville. Right. It's probably not wired the best. But uh, so I, I think I was probably about 16 or 17 years old. And uh, my brother is like six and a half years younger than me. And we always used to fuck with each other. You know, he's the younger one and he always annoyed me and, you know, he always wanted to fuck with me and I would fuck with him back. So I'm up late. It's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to sleep. So I, I get up, go in my room, lay down. And oddly enough, you know, I'm laying on my back. I don't sleep on my back, but I'm laying on my back and I remember distinctly. So I close my eyes and um, maybe only a minute or two had gone by and I'm laying there and you know that feeling you get when someone is real close to your face? Yep. Like you can feel their presence. I don't know why that is, but like if if something's like real close, your hand or something, and I'm covering my mouth while I talk on the mic, which is real professional, but um, <laughs> I, I get the I get the Damn feeling I talker. get the feeling that there's someone looking over me and I automatically assume it's my brother because he's the type of person that would come in, see if you're asleep, and then fuck with you. And so, you know, I'm like, all right. You know, you fucking you, you little jerk. And I open my eyes and there's no one there at all. And I'm like, what? and I distinctly felt someone. And so I was like, what the fuck was that? And it's it freaked me the fuck out. It was just like one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm not sleeping at all now. So I, I got up, fucking stayed up until like six, seven o'clock in the morning when the sun came up and I was too exhausted. But that was the major creepy thing that ever happened to me. I felt a presence <laughs> that. You know, for all I know, I had dozed off. Which is trippy. Right. It, it was weird. So then the second weird thing, because that, that was all, oh, that was bizarre. The second weird thing that happened to me, 
was not something that I experienced firsthand. So uh, when I was younger, we used to love to go to like dilapidated rundown places. And I've, I've told you this story probably a hundred fucking times. We would go to the Mantino State Hospital and it's like super fucking far away. And it's this old mental institution that half of it was shut down and it just kind of like left to rot. And they that that's the place, I believe, where the frontal lobotomy was invented. Okay. And it has a long history, quote unquote history, of weird shit happening there. And we would go, we went a couple of times and we'd go and film it. And we'd have things like uh, our flashlights would stop working while we were there or like recording equipment would stop. Knowing what I know now. But this, but these are like kids going, right? This well, was this like, like, like teenagers. I, I like, right. you know, but that's what I mean. I'm well, 37, 18 right, kids. Right. Adult, <laughs> adults, but, right. but, you know, legally adults, but not adults, you Got know, it. as in yep. the traditional sense. What I'm highlighting is you didn't have necessarily. Everybody didn't go and buy brand new batteries and brand new equipment. To right. Sure but, there. but while what I, what I learned about electronic equipment and like ambient moisture, like when you're in a place that is open completely and it's sort of decaying moisture, just kind of like sticks to everything and moisture interferes with electronic equipment. Fucking lo and behold. So when you're recording, things can stop functioning properly. But uh, that's not the point. Right. The point right. is we're, we're walking around, we're filming, and uh, we get home and we watch the tape. And we're, we're watching, there's a part where we're walking through this like sub-basement, right? And it's got like tables and all kinds of shit just kind of laid out and, um, you know, big filing cabinets and stuff and everything's in disarray. It, it's like they basically just said, fuck it, we're done here. Let's leave. And Didn't everything. you show me photos? Yeah, or, I got or, a bunch or, of photos footage of it. Of it? Yeah. I, I have a bunch of photos of it. I can't find the footage. But anyways, we're walking through the sub-basement, and um, somebody, uh, like, we're joking about ghosts, right? Yep. I, I'm already at the point in my life where I don't believe in that shit. So I'm just kind of just talking shit, and we're all like, oh, the fucking ghost is going to get you. And in the videotape at that exact moment, something flashes across the, the screen, that's not it's not in frame like we're, we're watching and you can see the footage and then something sort of in front of the footage flashes across the screen and there's a distinct scream and it's not in the same track as as our talking and no one had fucked with it. No one had jimmied it. No one no one did anything. And like we all kind of like got goosebumps at the same time and we're like, what the fuck was that? Right. And we, we never figured out what it was. It could have been any number of things, but it freaked us the fuck out. We were like, because nobody saw anything. Nobody recognized anything. <laughs> nobody, you know, everybody's just kind of doing their thing, walking around. So you could have been the guys who created the first paranormal activity. You're right. right? I, essentially, you, yeah. you just lost millions of dollars there. Right? <laughs> just dropped the ball. We, we had, so like we're watching it again and we're like, we're, now we're like looking for footage, right? We're looking like, okay, that weird shit happened. Like maybe there's other weird shit we didn't see. And the only other thing that we saw was we kind of, there was a room and this was creepy in and of itself. There's a room, big room, like the size of our apartment. And all that's in this room is a wheelchair. And it's just like at the back wall sitting there. And so like as we pan across, it kind of looks like the shadow of someone sitting in it. But then like we inspect it further and it's not. It's not that at all. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, maybe that's the... No. You know, like once we heard that weird scream 
And it was just, it was like a dude's voice screaming and it moved with whatever moved across the screen. Once we saw that, then we were like totally fucking heightened. Like, oh, what else do we, no, it wasn't really anything. It wasn't, but, wasn't anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I still don't know what the hell that was, but you know, with video, uh, you know, especially like before digital video, because this was before digital video. Right. If something had been recorded on the tape before or, you know, somehow footage got mixed up, like it could have been any number of things. You know, it wasn't proof of anything, but it was enough to give you goosebumps. It was enough to go, what the fuck is that? So those are the only two things I've ever had happen to me. So how about you, Nick? Anything weird? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, obviously this is where I lose all credibility. Um, (laughs) But... uh, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't call it like anything weird or paranormal as much as it was like a, a mental exercise. Okay. Um, so my thing was uh, it occurred at my grandpa's funeral um, where I was just kind of sitting in the back and people were talking, you know, and then I just kind of like droned out, you know, and I was like, and the thought had hit my mind, like, what if my grandpa was watching the funeral through my eyes right now? Like if he just decided he was going to descend down into the most important person in the room and view the funeral from there in the back row. Um, so, and then it was, it was kind of like that. I, and I was sitting there, I was just kind of watching things almost like I was in his perspective of it. And so then like, like his thoughts and opinions, like, did you, were you close to your grandfather? No, not, not thoughts and opinions. And actually I wasn't that close to him. I was more estranged to him. You know, because like one time we were sitting at the dinner table and I was, I was like eight or something. I was doing something. No idea what, right? Yep. And, uh, but it was clearly something wrong because you just reached over and went right in the back of the head, right? <laughs> and I just stood there and I was like looking around. I was like, did everybody see that? They clearly all saw it, clearly didn't pay any attention to it. It was like, yep, you got what you deserved. And I was like, right on. Well, I'm going to continue eating my meal and try not to do that thing that I did. <laughs> um, so but yeah since then i was always kind of a little bit leery around him i was like i don't know maybe he's just gonna crack me once i don't know <laughs> um but uh yeah and so it was in that uh, i was just kind of watching things over and it wasn't like his thoughts and opinions or anything that were coming through I wasn't really trying to like uh i don't know emulate his personality in that but more or less just like if he was using me as a video camera you know yeah. kind of type thing you know I, I don't know if that's even describing it right well yeah if, I, if i'm I'll, here's what i'm hearing that did you sat there and zone when you say droned out i kind of get that everybody's been in a scenario where there's like someone's talking usually it's in an auditorium right they're droning on and on and suddenly everything fades because you're thinking about other shit or, or so hyper focused on one thing they said you're lost in your own thought right but you're you're talking like you know it wasn't just your own thought you felt that you were somebody else looking around the room type thing. Right, right. You know, and then like, uh, and then I just ended up taking a deep breath and then like as I exhaled, everything went away. Um, You know, and I don't really believe (laughs) that that was a real thing at all. But I mean, that's like the closest weird thing I've ever had. Well, actually, I do want to kind of like do a weird shift to it. Like, unless you guys want to stay on the subject of our own weird experiences. I was going to um, say, it's, yeah, it's a conversation, you got, you man. Got the we, mic, man. We can so, always uh, come back. That's... Um, there was a dynamic thing, like when I was a kid, right? There was always this one thing, like, uh, I probably watched Friday the 13th way younger than I should have, right? <laughs> so I always had this thing about, like, when I was getting into my bed, right? I'd hit the lights, and then I'd have to duh, duh, leap 
into the bed because right. I didn't want to be in swiping range from underneath the bed. Right. And yep. I knew just how far Freddie's fingers could be for those <laughs> blades to catch my ankles. So, you know, it was like a good five foot jump into the bed. And, uh, you know, and I think that that's a thing that a lot of kids get because no, I myself did that. The fear of the thing under the bed. It's, thing. it's funny that you mentioned that because we were talking about this this show or this movie or whatever that Bob was watching on Netflix last night. This woman who suffered from sleep paralysis oh, issues. Oh, it's called Nightmare, by the way, if you want okay. to check it out. So uh, this movie, Nightmare, documentary or movie or whatever yeah. it was, um, it was a documentary, it, it appeared. But uh, this woman was talking about how um, she had watched that movie and then like it caused her to have issues with sleep paralysis where like she would have nightmares about Freddy Krueger. And she was talking about how um, when they were watching the movie, it it was uh, these people that had that suffered from sleep paralysis. When they were watching the movie, the like the intro to the movie or whatever was like a replication of an episode that they would have during sleep paralysis and that watching the movie would actually like cause them to have those fears. So it was like the guy made a Freddy movie about a guy in your dreams that kills you and that then people would have sleep paralysis episodes where they were like fighting fucking Freddy Krueger. It was just like the irony of that really just fucking tripped me out. I, I was already there. I thought that's where it was going. As soon as Bob mentioned, he's like, oh, yeah. And then they tell people about the sleep paralysis and they get it. I'm like, oh, great. So now I got to worry about that <laughs> right. shit at night. You know, so next time I wake up and I'm just like, I can't move. Oh, wait, no, I'm a retard. Of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never had an issue with sleep paralysis. That, that really would freak me out. Like if I woke up and was unable to physically move, I don't really know how that would affect me on uh, like mentally like. I've never, I have no frame of reference for anything even similar to that. So I've got that. Um, I was with, I worked in a factory for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the cool things I got out of that is um, if I sleep with my hands, like anywhere other than like right at my side, like if I, I have to sleep on my back or on my side, right? If I sleep on my back and my head, my hands are anywhere like uh, not at my side. If, they, if I fold them over my chest or I put them up behind my head, um, when I wake up in the morning, they'll just be dead numb, like cut off, does not exist, does not respond. Wow. Um, so I have to like reach up and grab my limp arm and throw it <laughs> into a position to where the blood will and nerves will finally start working it's like your, again. Your body is just like, those aren't there. Fuck them. Yeah. It's got something to do with blood flow or something. I imagine. That's really um, weird. Yeah. It's not fun. Otherwise, uh, what I do is I just wait there and I like will myself to slowly move my arm. And at that point, it's kind of like dragging a limp noodle across my body (laughs) (laughs) until it gets into position. It's really fucked up how like, like you have to have like specific rituals to fall asleep. Like I can only fall asleep on my left side. Like I'll, and I'll toss and turn. Like I'll, I'll lay on my right side, lay on my left side, lay on my right side, but I cannot fall asleep. Unless I'm I'm laying on my left side, but I wake up and I'm just wherever I, I you know like when I sleep I'm a I'm a very active sleeper, so I'll move around and I'll I'll wake up sometimes I'll wake up like on the other side of the bed I've I've woken up like uh, if if I'm 
doing something really like strenuous or mentally strenuous uh and i i just kind of like pass out like i'll talk in my sleep and a lot not just like mumble you know a lot of people mumble i will talk in my sleep like it's nobody's business have full conversations i've 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 been told and again i don't know if this is true cuz i've only been told but i've had conversations with people while i'm asleep so what that means to me is apparently I, I'm a very vivid dreamer because, you know, like when you're dreaming, you're you're like only barely asleep. So apparently, like I'm I'm close enough to, to where you could interact with me in my dream. And that fucks with me on a whole bunch of levels. Like, that's not cool, in my opinion, that you could just be sitting in the room and be like, yeah, yeah, let's have a conversation now. Yeah. So. I, I get something a lot like that. Like a lot of times I'll talk myself awake, um, you know, to where like you'll start to drift into a dream, um, which always kind of starts as just like a mental exercise. You start thinking about something and then it plays into something that turns into a dream. Um, but uh, I'll eventually catch myself just saying something and suddenly I wake myself up. I'm like, oh, I just said something out loud, you know, um, and it's usually somewhere near like a half a syllable. So I'll just. You can just, I can just imagine myself like being in my room with me at that moment where I'm just kind of like laying there quietly in that meditative breathing state. And I go, ah, and then I wake <laughs> up and like, it's like, what the hell was that? So here's, here's my curiosity since we're talking about like ghost stories. And obviously <laughs> I think that the, you know, the, like the, your, your sub brain, you know, your, your, the things going on in your brain that you're not cognitively aware of obviously play into that um now for for like we, we live in the chicagoland area you live in wisconsin's close enough i guess this area is like the most haunted area like yeah. in the country where do you think that that comes from education like, like are people here just less intelligent do you think um i don't know it, it could be a lot to do with like uh where the majority of people in this area come from um, like strong German Polish populations, it might be a thing from that. But I'm no sociologist, so right. I don't really know about stuff like that. So we're so let's let's uh, let's caution people. We're not saying anybody here's stupid. We're just saying, you know, folklore being what it is, you know, people from a lot of European countries tend to have a deeper folklore. For you know, that's like like where the vampires and all that shit comes from as well. Like, there's a lot of superstition in German culture, Polish culture, you know, Eastern European culture. So, we, while you were away, uh, while you right. were filing your papers, um, we were just talking about how, like, Chicago has, like, a, kind of a reputation as being, like, one of the most haunted, quote-unquote, haunted yep. areas. And we were just kind of, like, trying to figure out where that comes from. And we were talking about how, like, you know, sleep and subconscious mind, how like that plays into that, that idea as well. I think boredom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> seriously. Really good. Yeah. To, to have it, a couple examples, but I will say in a city, uh-huh. definitely more prevalent. Um, because when you're kids, again, let me take this back. We'll use the terminology. When you're a teenager, you rule the world. You're invincible. All the adults have raised you to a point where you have your own thoughts and opinions and you know best and blah, blah, right. blah. When they're not around, you're the proverbial gods of your neighborhood. Now, imagine that in a city, but now let's give you city population. So you're encountering all these kids, and they have all this stuff going on. Well, you, it can't always be about fucking drinking and whatever. 
So you get bored. Right. So what, what turns out is, is that I've noticed it's always a girl, right? From at least my, my experience, whenever this would occur, it's a girl that sits around and suddenly, you know, you're, you're gazing at the stars for the 50th time or what have you. And someone's, she's like, oh man, have you guys had anything weird ever happen to you? And then she comes up with this story. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right, and that's right. it. And her story is, tends to be harmless, like you know, oh man, I saw a dead dog move once, and it freaked me out. And that's all she says. Well, then all of a sudden, the group, everybody has a story, and the story is more and more yeah they outrageous and ostentatious yeah. as yeah. it goes. And the only thing you could do is like, wow, when my turn comes, I hope I'm half as decent as some of the shit I've heard. You know, all I have is, is like that dead dog. I moved it with a stick when you weren't looking. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell her that. And that's and it's kind of how it goes. But I think boredom plays into it. Uh, the a, a big factor. Uh, the other thing, and I uh, want to segue because I was filing papers when this happened. I had a I had a story that I, I wanted to tell you when I can't explain. Yeah, it's two of them. It wasn't just me. Now a little background story. My family moved to a farm. When I was about 10, we moved to Arkansas uh, from Chicago, Illinois, and my granddad had died and, you know, it was my grandmother's, excuse me, my great granddad died and grandmother's father. And we take his property. It's five acres of land. We had cows. We had chickens. We had horses and we're all from the fucking city. Like nobody, what are we going to do? Right. My grandmother, badass woman, she goes, screw it. There's books. Literally went to the library. How to take care of this, that, and the other. And she read them all and then dictated was like, well, this is what we're supposed to do here. This is what we're supposed to do there. And you know what? I didn't read about that, but fuck you, Uncle Tom. You figure it out. My Uncle Tom was always her go-to. Yeah. We're and, not uh, referencing any sort of Right. Absolutely. Tom. And uh, I do have a guy named Tom who's my uncle. I just want to say that. So, right. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. And suddenly just got weird. <laughs> so we're on this property and this event happened. And it was every weekend I dreaded being around Friday night with my grandmother. Because like any normal kid. I want to go play with my friends in the weekend or do something fun. My grandmother had idea that it was chore time. Smart woman. She knew I would take off and be gone the whole fucking weekend if she didn't get it right then. And so and this is all, all, not just me, my cousins too. And it would be like, great, so we're going to mow the property then. I want to say that again. It's Arkansas. Five acres of land. Mow the property? Right. Doesn't nature take care of that shit in there? No. And we didn't have, you know, the ostentatious and industrious Mexican workers that we have now today. At least up north, we didn't have that in Arkansas. I was the Mexican worker in Arkansas. I, I, look, when you described that, I literally saw like a bullfighter. Right. <laughs> like, I will mow the grass. So, <laughs> so well, she that's goes, what you get goats for. Goats right. Mow the right. Grass. She, yeah. she told me, just go mow the front. And I'm like, cool, just the front yard. No, the front acreage is what I was mowing. I'm like, oh, well, we got a lawnmower then. No, we had a push mower. You know, just the blades and the wheels caused the motion. Oh, oh you a had mechanical a, one. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you've never had one of those, it's because they don't fucking work. You will be there all day, and the lawn looks shitty. It looks butchered. <laughs> and I'm going back and forth with this. And then she better off with, like, a fucking scythe or something. Right, like, and then right? she came out and helped with that and whatever. And then she's like, she waits a week. And we get a push mower somewhere in that week. And she said, fuck a push mower. She got a John Deere. A John Deere riding lawnmower. Because the guy told her, that's what you fucking get for five acres of land. Jesus Christ, lady, you'll be there forever. So now, I'm trained on the riding lawnmower. Right? We had rabbit mode. Or you had turtle. Oh, just yeah. to let you know I'm not bullshit. And I rode to some bitch. Right, yeah. I was never allowed to put in rabbit. Right? <laughs> had to be turtle. And then the bro whatever. So, we're out there and mowing the lawn. No big deal. 
I'm uh, in the back by the woods. Now, when I mean our property was in the woods, they had carved out this property from the fuck woods and built shit in it. That's it. And we don't have neighbors. My address was Route 2, Box 223, Mountain Home, Arkansas. That's literally what it was. Good luck, right? Find that some bitch was a pain in the ass. And we're about 10 miles from town, from any civilization. Now, while we're out there, my uncle tells me, he goes, you know, just be careful. Bear season, right? Blah, blah, blah. Black bears, what have you. We've seen a couple here and there, but you never gave a shit because the black bears were usually out near the landfill. I've seen bears in the zoo before. That's pretty cool. Right. And uh, the black bear, right? Black bears in the wild, though, if you're an ignorant fuck, will screw you up. You know, they will do you in. It's a bear. Well, you don't think about it. I'm on the riding lawnmower. I want to say I was I was at the, regardless, I was out in the field. Now I'm going nice and slow over some troublesome whatever weeds I was doing. And you're kind of bored. And the storm's rolling in. And my grandmother stepped outside and I hear her shout on the wind, you know, something. I'm assuming it's a storm. She wants us to pull the tractor in. Don't want to get messed up, whatever. And I'm sitting there and something took a swipe at my head. Like literally I turned to talk to her and something swiped at my head. I'm on a tractor, right? Okay, so I'm about five feet off the ground sitting and something swiped at my fucking head and it wasn't a branch. It was big enough. You talk about someone being near your face Mm -hmm. and you just knew it's the truth when your peripheral picks up movement and it, and it came right, right at me. Well, I missed and it rattled uh, the, the, the tractor. It hit the cab and it rattled it. I was off it and it was still going. I don't know if you know about this, that the only thing that stops that thing is you. So it'll, it'll keep rolling on. I have never been in a riding lawnmower. So, so, but I, I roll off this thing and I hit the ground. I'm like, I don't know what that was. And I look and I could see the image of something that's standing in the heavy wood in heavy foliage. And, and sure, shit had swiped. And all I could see these two eyes reflecting back at me, and it seemed fucking huge. I am not a small guy. At 15, I am not a small person, right? And, and I look, and I don't know what to do. My uncle looks at me, and he's just waving me in, like freaking the fuck out. Like, you need to run. I didn't look back. Because when you see that, put this in seconds, right? Something hit, rattled the cab. I dove off, rolled, got up and looked. Scared. I turned for that something helped me probably on my face and my uncle waving me in in the middle of a storm right just before it hits i ran like the clan was coming through the woods because they had found me i didn't bother to run to the open gate i dove over a bob wire fence five and a half feet off the ground dove over it and cleared that some bitch and uh when i when i rolled and came up my uncle helped me up and it pulled me in the house when we get inside i'm like what the fuck was i running you know he goes the tractor did you stop the track fuck no i didn't stop the tractor but and he's like, well, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I don't know. All he saw was the cab get rocked. It got Something hit it hard enough to rock the mower. And he was waving me in because he didn't know if something hit it. He didn't know if it hit a bump and was turning over. And he, he didn't know what happened. So his, his instinct was get me over to him. I took that as running the house. <laughs> so he ran after me to get in the house. So now that we're in the house, my grandmother's there. And all she says is, well, the tractor stopped by the fence because we, we saw it. It got to the barbed wire fence, and it is not geared to plow through anything. It hit, and it's not going to go anywhere. And when that happens, there's like a safety thing. It just stops. And, uh, you know, the fence is fucked. We'll have to mend it, but it's done. And she's like, you know, well, what, what was out there? What did you see? And they're both, like, very conspiratorial as adults. Like, they're looking at each other like they knew what occurred, but didn't want to let me in on what occurred. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah. Like, I was already panicked, and they didn't want to tell me. So I'm sitting here with this in my mind, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, something tried to hit me. And it was big. And my uncle's like, yeah, it, it was a bear. And then he looked at my grandmother, and they're like, yeah, it was a bear. 
It's, you know, it was a bear. It's a good thing we're inside. Just nobody go outside for the rest of the night. Just leave it at that. Now, you mentioned superstition. My fam, my grandmother is, she said Catholic. Never got to the bottom of it because there was no Catholic church in Arkansas where we were, right? It was all like Methodist and bullshit and, you know, none of that. So, um, it's probably we didn't go to church on Sundays anymore, but who knows? But anyway, um, that night was really weird because she's walking around and she's bringing out candles and shit and reading a little bit from the Bible and whatnot. Now, by the way, I'm a horror film fan even then. Like, age 10, I was a horror film fan, thanks to my dad. And you bring out Bibles and you're reading some shit and you don't normally <laughs> do that? What fucking swiped in my head, Grandma? I, I ask her. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, you don't worry about it. It was a bear and it's good and you're okay. Like I said, well, it'll be fine. My uncle's spooked. And my uncle does this thing where, she, where my grandmother has my uncle do this thing. He used to go outside with the 30 out 6 we own. And he'll sit out there in the carport, which is uh, screened in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just sitting there on the porch doing his thing. And he's out there all fucking night. And so I'm like, what the fuck happened? Why was that important? What occurred? And then we pause that because it segues, right? We never know. We just leave it as a bear. That's that. Cops. She had the cops come out the next day, look over the property. They said, yeah, black bears, this, that, and the other. Don't have food out. Blah, 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 blah. Great. We have goats and chickens. That's food for a bear. Okay. I'm just saying. Food for a lot of things. Right. So the next thing that happens, this is about a year. No, I was about 16. And then about two years later, uh, me and my uncles, because this is what you do, we started out, and everybody does. You have a roommate when you're young, right? You don't have a choice in your family. And then our family's pretty big, especially on the farm. And we made these bunk beds. And they used to stack on top of each other. And then to make it feel more teenage, they separated them. Right, you still had an upper bed and a lower bed. It's just you had a lot more space, right? So me and him are up in the room one night. We're sleeping and we were up pretty late, and uh, we didn't watch any horror films or nothing. I think we were playing some sort of video game. I forget what it was. And when we finally crash, we're just lying there. This noise wakes us up, and to give you an idea, I see it first. Lucky me, I'm right up underneath the window. So I'm lying down in this window. I'm looking up, and I could see my windows are these big, huge, uh, like storm style windows, right? Because it used to be the carport. We converted it. It's also what you do at a farmhouse. Our family had converted to actual bedrooms. Pretty cool. And uh, we're, I'm laying under it. And I heard this loud tapping come from way up high on the window. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's the woods. It's probably a fucking woodpecker again because they love doing that shit. Except when I was asleep, it woke me up and it must have been I thought it was a woodpecker. Then I hear it again and it sounds like someone's taking a, a screwdriver and tapping on the window. But three times. Dunk, dunk, dunk. Now I'm thinking it's one of my uncle's asshole friends because we used to play this game, Ghosts in the Graveyard. Mm-hmm. The key was is when you're asleep, you go and get all the neighborhood kids when everyone in the house is asleep. But if you're the instigator, you have to go and sneak to that person's window, throw rocks at it or what have you, and that's the signal it's time to play. You grab all your black clothing, you put it on, you slip outside. That's some weird shit. And then you go play it. It's pretty fun, actually. Um, it would be weird if you think we're out to kill someone yeah, we're not we, yeah i i totally did that um but yeah. uh the the message thing the the way that you guys commune that's, that's no 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 what, what that was <laughs> well, well how we you know get everybody to come outside that's because nobody's parent especially in the bible belt is going to approve you being out in the dead of night to play ghost in the graveyard. Ghosts in the graveyard. What it is is advanced when <laughs> we capture the flag right yeah is really all it yep. is you will plant a flag on either side but the trick is, is that if you get caught, the first person to get caught on someone's side would be the quote-unquote ghost in the graveyard. They stand in the neutral zone. If the ghost catches you, it makes more ghosts, is what we would do. So now yep. you have to sink past the middle 
yep. to get to the other side to get the flag and come back. That sounds like a fun game. I can't understand why I'm only hearing about this now at 34 yeah. years old. That's um, ninja training. Yeah, uh, level it was. One, bro. <laughs> it I was mean, fuck, right. It was yeah. fucking awesome. Right. It was a great ass <laughs> game, and we had it where it was about up to 30 people playing. At one time, and this is during the summer, so we only played like school. Egg the neighbor's house. That was <laughs> that was our game. You, you can't when your population is a thousand. Yeah, no, just that's so fair. you know, that's yeah. fair. Just, you know. So that's, we played it. We played a slightly different variant. Ours was um, that there was a there was a home base that everybody had to get to. It was called Ghoul, um, or okay. Goal, depending on who was saying it. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so everyone would go out and hide, right? Yep. And um, then there was one person who guarded this. And it was a small place to guard, right? So their job, your job was to get in there and all you had to do was touch it. You touched it before they touched you, you were in. <laughs> um, but uh, if, they, if they caught you, then you go out and you run the peripherals. You look for people in hiding and people who are sneaking and you go to catch them <laughs> and flush them out and stuff like that. It was, and it got pretty badass that way. It gets intense because just like yeah. the, just like in my version, those people, the neutral zone mm-hmm. was a massive area. It was like most of the playing field, and it was the same thing. And what was cool about it, you create scenarios where you mentioned ninja training. While you're wearing all black, you learn that if you lay absolutely still, and this is important and key, amateurs will stare at the guy looking for him. Yeah, and the guy gets closer and closer, and weirdly enough, he'll usually find them. Yeah, he's keen to it. Exactly, he he feels someone looking at him. Thus, he goes looking for him. However, if you lay there and just look away or look right at the ground, they never find you. They, unless you're like in obvious. But we found that's that's how it worked. Now, why this is scary is because think about it. A lot of tense moments of them moving around, right? right. This is It's a lot of fun. This is not horror scary. This is like, oh, man, don't catch me. Oh, you're going to catch me. Oh, you didn't see me. That was fun. What was going on with me in the bedroom at that moment as I'm thinking it's one of those assholes and I'm like, I'm not going to go play. Uh-huh. Because how you did it was, was you just laid there. They would wait whatever, like, t- really how long they ever wanted to wait. And, and they could either continue to harass you, or you just never went out, and they would move on. That's how it went. And normally you would know ahead of time, we're going to play tonight. We'll be around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, get no big deal. Get all your stuff, get it packed up, be ready. No one said shit. Okay? At all. So when this happened, I'm like, okay, and I look up, and it's weird. It looks like one of the branches from the tree are, must have fell, and it must be leaning on the window, and it's just tapping it. Except I look up at my uncle, who's wide awake, and his eyes, I swear to God, were like half dollars. And he's just staring at the window. Well, now I'm frozen. <laughs> right? What the fuck is he staring at? <laughs> right. And I'm trying to look to do whatever, and he just like... Then he looks at me, and then he looks at the door, and I'm like, okay, creep out of bed and go to the door. The moment I go to move, he's like, does one of those. Okay. Well, now I'm like, well, the, we have the window open because it's hot out, you know, because we had an attic fan for the place. And it was that's what was keeping us cool so you could sleep. And I'm trying to listen by this attic fan. Like, I'm there and the door's open, and I do hear breathing. And I'm trying to figure out, who the fuck has their mouth up against the screen breathing? And then I'm like, well, think about this dynamic genius as I start piecing this together. Who has arms long enough to have their head down by the screen, and then about five feet up, tapping on the very top of the glass window? Oh, wait a minute. We cut down all the branches and the trees near the house. So during a storm, nothing fell on the fucking roof. Nothing hit a window. There is no... It was literally 70 feet from the forest line to the side of the house. There's fucking nothing by this window that could be a branch. Well, now I'm scared shitless. I'm literally fucking terrified. I'm like, it's another fucking bear. It's a bear by the window. And then you just hear, tink, tink, tink. Well, what bear does that? 
<laughs> what is it yogi fucking bear what bear is it i'm looking at him and i'm i'm getting mad i'm getting more mad and it's overriding the fear because i'm like fuck you bear like i'm in here convinced <laughs> it's his fucking it swiped at me in the tractor the the bear brought it's the bible bear because they had to bring out the bible and i'm remembering bible that incident now i'm fucking losing it and my uncle's like don't he's like don't fucking move don't move and it'll go away well what will go away will you tell me what will go away so don't fucking move fine I'm there and pass out in that position because I didn't move. And, you know, you're there like hour goes by. It's night. You were sleeping anyway. Your mind's like, guess what, asshole? I guess he's on watch and we'll call it a day. Well, happens the next morning. My uncle's washing all his linen from his bed, washing his clothes and everything else. And, you know, my uncle, my, it's my grandmother's youngest son. That's why he's my uncle. And he's about, uh, he's a year, actually uh, about four months younger than me. It's how it goes. When he's he never washes his clothes, he's washing them now, and it's it's because he pissed himself. And I was like, "What the fuck was outside that window to cause that to happen?" Now, my other uncle Tom, he's walking around, and they went to town and bought screen and came back, and they're rescreening our bedroom window only. Why? So I'm asking, what was out there? What the fuck was at the window? What was going on? Well, uncle, we we hang out with the same friends there. It's a small town. I have to hear the story from his best friend. Apparently, he goes and gets drunk. And he decides to tell everybody what he saw. And apparently, and he swears to God, hand to Jesus, and all that bullshit, that what was out the window was this thing. And it made very, very careful that you couldn't really directly see it. You did see its hand. Now, why this messed with me is because I only saw the screen. Now, I'll try to get the dimensions right. This hand was like some clawed thing, as he put it. And one claw stuck its hand right through the screen at the top. And it was about, really about a quarter, if you put that, like a big digit. And was tapping on the window. True story, we had to replace the screen because that hole was there. There was also another three spaced out like a big hand. That it actually did it. We didn't know what the fuck that was. I didn't know what it was. The tapping of the claw had cracked, that he claims, and, it, and this was true, cracked the very top part of the window. So I was like... It was a bear. Pumpkin head, probably. A bear, right. And this is what these, tra- like, they're telling me this. And they're like going, uh, no. And uh, I was like, okay. Now, I'm a horror film guy. <laughs> Pumpkin head was released. I'm trying to go, all right, <laughs> fuck you, Eddie. This wasn't. And he asked me, he goes, uh, you know, he goes, well, he says you were there, that you woke up and you, dude, I'm telling you, it had to be, I heard the breathing. And he goes, well, what the fuck do you know? You looked at that window. What has its head down by the screen and is breathing while tapping on the window up top? Something wanted to see if something was inside it didn't know. And your uncle didn't want you to move because he didn't want to make a sound. He didn't want you to make a sound. Because if it was, it's going to get whoever was moving. That was the fucking point. And then he goes, and plus there was the kitchen to think about. It was just Krampus. And I was like going, right. Now I'm sitting here trying to figure this out too. And I'm like, what do you mean? It was just, what happened in the kitchen? Well, um, all the spoilage happened in the fridge. And there was like food tossed in the ground and shit. And I'm like, okay. We didn't lock our doors. Why? Our next neighbor was like you two miles away. No one's sneaking in a house with people and blah, 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 guns and all that shit. And I'm like, uh, okay, we never had a problem with it. It's just the Southern way. And I'm like, cool. I, I, I slept through the cleaning of the kitchen. Why do you think they went to town? They had to get all new groceries, rescreen, and also put money down to get a new window. And I was like, because something was out that window that nobody will talk about. And so his best friend's like going, Bob, I'm telling you, this is what he told me. And we saw it, and that's not the only weird shit that's happened in our neighborhood. Oh, do tell. 
So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm now 18. I've gone to college, right? Now I know everything, really. And I've had my first year at Arkansas Tech campus. I come back, and uh, I meet up all my neighborhood friends and whatever. And they tell me, you know, it's around Halloween anyway. And they're like going, cool, Halloween weekend's here, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's go check out this haunted site that's not too far away. Cool. Well, what's so cool about it? Believe it or not, a bunch of Confederate soldiers were chased, hunted down here. They were hung and executed by the Northerners. That's fucking cool. Dude, they're in unmarked graves. Well, how do you know they're there then? He goes, no, it was in a diary. It was written, and we know they're graves, but now the state won't touch it. They literally leave that alone, that that happened there, and that's that, and they don't know what family to notify, so it's really cool to see it. And he's these old-timey gravestones. Well, we went during the day, and we saw it first, and we checked the property to make sure when we come back at night, no one's falling through anything or what have you, because there is an old-type house that's there, too, along with it. One story jobby, you know, no big deal, and half of it's caved in anyway, so you're not really getting nothing from it. But it's on the property. Well, what we thought was a house, turns out it's a church. Because when we get there, we saw that, you know, they bring people in, the parishioners and all that, and it's on top of a sinkhole. So what happened is a sinkhole opened up, property went in. That's really why the state won't touch it. It'd be way more to try to clean it out. And for what? It's going to sink in later on anyway. So those unmarked graves are probably just normal graves. It's Well, no, they were unmarked. They had that documented. So they researched that much enough to know this is the site where it happened. And they were left there. And they didn't. They literally wanted a historical. Well, and well, people come and check it out. What we know now from the story you told earlier is it's just Brambles the Bible Bear. Brambles the Bible. Exactly. Brambles the Bible Bear. So I was I was thinking that exactly. Like, my first <laughs> album is going to be Bible Bear by the Window. <laughs> that's awesome, actually. So, But that's why I'm saying that's, like, weird, right? I don't know the solution. Who knows? Right. But why this is all like weird events here? Because it's the three weirdest things ever. Uh, this this point, we now have girls involved, like bona fide women, you know, that have come up and we're here. And I gotta say that because when you're a teenager, it's like the yeah. one neighborhood girl that's dating <laughs> someone, and that's as much as you know, whatever. It's more like your sister because nothing's gonna happen. Well, this is like people brought their girlfriends. We're going on a haunted tour. We're gonna check it out. So we do Halloween out. We go on the haunted hayride, and we get a pumpkin, and we carve that. We do a little drinking, and then we're going to go back to this graveyard. Now we get back to this place, and at night, it's kind of otherworldly. Why? Because you were there all day. You know the history. You know these poor bastards were hunted down. They were executed on the church grounds. That the uh, the Union soldiers or whatever buried them there out of respect. It's holy ground. There's a church there. They buried them here. They gave them due respect in regards of that, and that's, that's that. We're like, okay, well... People that live in the area said they would spot weird shit all the time. Like, they would see a Confederate soldier staring into a house while they're eating dinner. Type shit standing out there. I was like, really? Or did you catch one of the reenactment guys who also live in the area standing yeah, out there the looking in right. the window going, I'm kind of hungry. I should get home. Right. Or like, did, you, did you see a reflection in the window? And, you know, yeah. You, you got it. So now we're out here and... In the middle of us, because you have to walk through the woods to get here. That was the other creepy part, right? It's brambles. We're walking Bible through. Bear. Exactly. You can't see him, but you and know And of course, there. I'm a dick. And I tell them over at, on our property, I tell them the two stories I just told you guys. Right. And they're like, oh, to shit. To freak them the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Fuck you. I am a showman, the master of ceremonies. So I'm like, <laughs> right. let's do this right. And they're like, oh, shit. So now they're in the woods. Every branch break, every squirrel leap is something else. And uh-huh. their head's on a swivel. Well, what fucked with me, we get there, we see this blonde-headed guy. He's like shaggy blonde hair, looked like he belonged to an 80s rock band, really. But he's wearing this uh, gray wife beater. He's got these tore-up jeans on, and he's just out there barefoot. Now, why this is weird, We've no one knows him. We live in the area, no one's ever seen this guy, no one knows this guy, and he's on the church grounds proper. 
And it's fucking Halloween, October 31st. So now I'm on edge. Why? Because I'm thinking this dude's out of off his rocker. The fuck are you doing walking around a sinkhole? Right? I'm putting all the logic I can in here about this dude's weird. Because let's face it, you're also rural. No hospital around. My family was, well, always carry a knife. Is what they told me. You never know. I could carry a gun unless I was squirrel hunting or whatever. Um, and that's all I was allowed to hunt with my 22. But you get the idea. And uh, regardless, we see this guy and he walks up and he's got a thick accent. He's like, how y'all doing? Out enjoying All Hallows Eve? Uh, you mean Halloween? He goes, no, boy. It's All Hallows Eve for a fucking reason. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess it is then. You know, and everybody else po- picks on him a little bit. He goes, ah, shit, don't worry about it. And they're like, well, we brought like some beer. Do you want some beer? Do you want some candy? You want some fucking little snack or something? And because now we're thinking he's living in the woods and that's what's going on. How long before this guy eats somebody's face? So we're here. <laughs> we're here. And nobody gives him food or we office food. He doesn't take it. And then he doesn't take beer. And he says, unchristian like an All Hallows Eve at a graveyard, a side of God to be drinking and debauching. But seeing as I'm not you folks, and you, where, where are you from, college, you're educated, I guess we'll leave you to your wiles. You know, that type of asshole. And we're just like, uh, okay. And they look at me. So my buddy at the time, Mark Antwine's like, Bob, this one of your friends? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> he thought you had the whole thing right. drawn up. It, yeah. He did. And he's like, nah, because by the way, I, I'm the asshole to sneak in your house and fuck with you on Halloween. That is me. Change shit around scary shit i would try to make magic happen um and mark knew it nah mark i'm not out here in fact mark he had the only car and he went to arkansas tech campus i'm only home for the weekend because he drove i was like you're with the people that we came with i don't even know the friends in the neighborhood anymore but i do know this guy does not fit the description of anyone who grew up around here and whatnot and we brought some of the neighbor guys we did find they said the same shit there ain't nah this dude shouldn't be here well we asked his name and he wouldn't give it and like would dodge it and would just talk about, well, this site's cool because, and he knew a lot of information about this site. And so we're like, his family must have owned the land and the property was on and had word of it and whatever. And that's that. We, we were trying anything to figure it out. He's there the whole time and showing us around and showing us these cool things he's found on the site. You know, stuff like here's a, here's an old rotted diary one of the Confederates had. Here's a, what is a cartridge that didn't get fired or what have you. And all this cool shit. And we're like, oh, it's cool that you found all this. Digging around the dirt at night on All Hallows' Eve. Like a good barefoot Christian hick. I I don't know. It's just brambles the Bible, man. Right. It's just weird. We have a discussion with this guy, no big deal. Well, we all, fuck, we're going to leave. It's like 2 in the morning. And we're like, well, we're done. And we collect all our trash, put it in bags because we respect nature. And uh, that's the first thing I learned down there. Don't litter in the south. Don't leave your mess. Don't uh, don't leave your So we have it. And we're, we're heading back. And we can't find this fuck to save our life. I do mean the moment we left the grounds, like got off the property, we're looking around for this guy. We account for everybody we came with. He's nowhere to be found. Nowhere. And we were like, that's odd. We get all the way back home. Never found this fucking guy. You know, we're grandmother, you know, is like, oh, what'd you guys do? Oh, this is cool. She wants to hear about the cool Halloween shit. And we tell her we went out there what we found and showed her a thing or two. She's like, oh, that's, that's cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. She goes, who, who was the guy? We don't know. Just some dude who was out there. She goes, some weirdo out in a... Yeah, that's weird. What what was he doing? Digging? <laughs> Digging what? Us? I have no fucking idea. His last there's, name was Lucas. It's a dude out there. I have, <laughs> Right. I have no fucking... Howling at the moon wearing his mother's skin. Yeah, I have, I have no fucking clue. 
But when that shit happened, that's when we were like, all right, there's some weird shit that happens in the woods. Now, I like what my uncle said. My uncle tells me, he goes, did you know that there's, we do have a mental home? I was like, where? He goes, oh, it's 200 miles away, you know, from there. But there, there's a mental home. It's a facility privately owned out in the middle. He probably escaped and has been wandering the woods, man. Oh, that's a hell of a stretch. And I was like, you mean to tell me 200 miles away, this dude got all the way over here and knows all about this specific property? He's like, he's insane. Just fucking mental home, dude. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate, Uncle Andy, that you had this insight once again. And I'm sure at the time it seemed perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Again, again, this is a Bible moment. Right, exactly. Uh, That was said, and my grandmother just left the Bible out, and that was that. That was our answer to it. And I was like, what could have happened? What could have happened? Well, now we get to the story of when my mother was young and in Chicago, Illinois, they broke out the Ouija board made by Parker Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they played with it. And something foretold that my mother will forever be haunted and her ilk by that which is from beyond. Yep. It's like, what? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you what really happened. My family, mom's side, party town. All Everyone knew it. If you had a party... You have one of the Tejan family, which is my mother's maiden name. You party with those guys because they fucking know how to get down. From from alcohol to dancing, you name it. You bring unmentionables. You can make, meet in the middle. <laughs> they are children, fans of the 60s. Okay? They are fans of it. Fucking card-carrying members. And they partied hard. They all knew it. Well, at one of these parties, when everybody was nice and lit up on uppers, sauced, you name it, some some girl gets the hair in her upper ass to be like, cool, let's fucking have a seance and let's fuck with a Ouija board. And of course, my uncle's like, I own that. It's like, what? I'm not fucking you. Like, believe it was Parker Brothers. Here it is. Played the game. They got scared. Weird shit happened. My grandmother finds out and they bless the house. They throw it out and it's gone. Like, they literally got rid of it after it happened, right? I'm not going to bore you with the details. We get the idea. Great. Someone moved it. Someone got this scared. Really does sound like the opening of a horror movie. That's it. Yep. Yeah. That's all it is. But they did it, and that was that. Now, I've always laughed at it because I've always picked up my grandmother about it. I was like, you make a Ouija board on anything. I mean, be, I can make letters right now. Especially because don't even do that. And when, in a serious tone, <laughs> tell me that. And I'm like, I can make it right now to SpaghettiOs, Grandma. It's no big deal. No, you can't do that. And, and he threw it out. But why it was weird was because uh, I say weird. I am for a fact know that I can't be the only one with the fuck with you gene in my family. Can't be. Because, remember, they packed up and moved from Chicago and went to Arkansas. Right. Somehow the exact same Ouija board made it Yeah. to Arkansas. My grandmother goes, I thought she threw it out and burned it, Tom. And he goes, I sure did, Ma. I don't know how it's here. I know. Tom didn't throw it out and burn it because he bought it. He <laughs> right. took it and hid it and didn't tell you. <laughs> no, he burnt it. I saw him burn it. A bunch of drunks and people high at a party saw you burn this board. Well, you see, what you don't know about uh, Parker Brothers is that there's a there's a part in the manufacturing plant of Parker Brothers where um, when they're laying out the cardboard to make the Ouija board, <laughs> what they do is they use the bones of the dead and they grind it up um, and and they they use it in the ink when they when they make you know. I heard about that. How, how do you channel spirits without? You know. Yeah, and then you know they say the words "clatu victus nectown" and send it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. With every one, you know, it's it's all about what you believe. Hey, I just know that those that weird shit. Like, I have a good sense of humor about it. I also have a good, healthy fascination of a, of a wish to could. Right. Yep. I certainly wish it could happen. That's it. A wish to could. There's well, that. We. Uh, I was talking earlier about our uh, uh, like my and uh, my then group of friends 
propensity to go and like explore these fucking like run down, broke down urban fucking places. Right. And like now there's like a term for it. It's called urbex. Urbex. Yeah. Urbex. Urban exploration. It's uh, it, whatever. We didn't know what it was. It was just like, oh, it's a fucking. We're, I thought we're, that was walking. No, no. I, no, no. I guess I participated in rural X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we well, did the same thing with old barns. No, it, it's it's. I guess it's a thing. So <laughs> if you do something, someone has to name it. That that's what the name of it is. And uh, to to talk about irrational fear, um, there was this old rundown, like pretty sizable warehouse that was along the the Desplaines River, like where the I and M Canal is. And we had been there once or twice before. And you know, like when you start getting like deep into places where people don't go anymore gets a little creepy there's not right. any light you know you can't really see very close in front of you and we'd gone there two or three times and uh like the the last time that we went there all the places where we had gone in had been like closed off and there was one place there was like one door that wasn't like nailed shut and someone had roped it closed and it was weird because all the fucking ropes that had rope there were it wasn't rope like when i say rope you're probably thinking like you know nickel sized rope no it was like nylon cord like someone had had used yarn or something to kind of close this off but the whole fucking thing was like adorned with fucking bones with like small animal bones and everybody's like oh what is that well let's go in and i i wouldn't fucking go in i i literally was like i am not fucking going in there and I, I have no idea why. It was just like I felt like I did not need to go into that place. I don't know if it was like I was just creeped out or what, but I like I seriously was like, fuck you guys. I'm going back to the car. Like, clearly someone doesn't want us to go in there enough. Right. They roped it off and tied the fucking ropes with animal bones. So I'm not going in there. Hopefully animal bones. Yeah, hopefully. You know, small little fucking, I, I don't know. They could have been fucking finger bones for all I know. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going in there. I'm not fucking going in there. It, there's one of two things that's going to happen. Either there's a real creepy asshole that's in there. And he's just like, meh. Just sitting on a couch drooling in a cup. Right. Waiting for the door or, to open. Or there's like some <laughs> other creepy asshole that gets off on killing animals and fucking adorning their bones around a door. Either way, don't need to know that guy. Oh. Or stumble into his fucking macabre house of horror. Well, you remember that that, that shitty uh, Satanist cult, the wannabes? They used to exist around these parts, where they would go around in obscure places and well, see, I and don't butcher even, bullshit. I've, I've heard of that. I don't. I don't know that that's even true. But there was like a there was like this rumor about Bussy Woods, and this rumor goes back. Like I remember this rumor from when I was a kid, and it goes back like to the seventies about how and and it's it's basically as far as I know, it's an urban legend. But it's basically, supposedly there was a satanic cult that hung out in Bussy Woods. Right. And everybody knew somebody that knew somebody that, like, someone got decapitated by them or or whatever. I, I don't know the origin of that, that shit. I, do you want to leave it mysterious? Because I actually know the origin. If, if you, you know the origin. I, mean, I don't want to debunk it if we're trying to be creepy. It's, it's, it's up to you. I mean. All right. So a lot of drug deals go down in Bussy Woods. A lot of them. And back in the day, it was really hard to get a hold of a gun. We'll put mm -hmm. it that way. And what had gone on is that one of the drug deals had gone south. And what the drug dealer decided to do, because his buddy was hopped up on PCP, was they stabbed to death five people. 
is what happened to Busty Woods or attacked him. I, I, actually, I don't know if all five died or if one died, but they all got injured from this dude. And the cops had to chase him in the woods. Well, when they caught this guy, he's wearing all the all the heavy metal regalia, high on PCP. He's also a Satanist. You know, we get such a bad, so such a bad like name. dyed in the wool Satanist. Like, um, not that I've met a lot in my life, but I've met more than twelve. We'll say um, that not a, it's not a lot when you consider uh, it's the shitty Levan Satanist. You know, we like to say we are. We know some dark names, and we read the Black Bible, but you know. And I'm not talking the one that was made by Dr. Martin Luther King or nothing, you know. You Whoa! There. So I just, there. I didn't even. I just like to. I just like the segue. But this. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's where I assume all that came from because we have friends who like who live near Bussy Woods who like to tell me about all that, and I got real skeptical when Man Cow's Morning Madhouse mentioned it. Oh shit! And I was like, oh, Satanists and Bussy Woods don't go in and I'll die. And what did I do? I drove my Buick Lesabre at age 22 and went for a walk at Bussy Woods at dusk alone looking for these Satanists. Why? Because fuck you. I, that, that's why. I, I, I'm one of those people who, if you tell me a deranged, psychotic, hatchet-wielding lunatic lives in this house and has for over a decade and kills anybody who gets too close, I am not the first brave motherfucker to decide to find out. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. More importantly, it's because I'm one of those people that if something scares me, and this is the real reason, if it scares me, I don't like that control. Does that make sense? I don't like my fear having control over me. Well, here's here's a fucking... No. This, is, this is something I just found, and this is uh, from the Chicago Tribune from 1989, and it's a story about uh, a satanic cult's Growing in our preserve, growing in preserves. It says this is an like ugly little forest preserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the forest preserves. Uh, <laughs> and it's not like a Wiccan girl having sex with her boyfriend in the woods. They probably think they're both the same thing. Right. Let's be totally honest. He this, did say yeah. the trip. This is new and growing. The demented cults that use the woods to coldly sacrifice animals, and it is feared, possibly even humans, in satanic rituals. According to law enforcement officers, this happens more than most of us can imagine. This shit was in the paper. This is like Nancy Gray shit. Keep going. And the cops themselves are warning each other to be careful. If you're walking deep in the woods and you see anything like this, get back out and call for help. A veteran of cult investigation told the annual meeting of Illinois Conservation Police last week in Peoria. If you see animals hanging from trees, get out. If a person comes up to you and says he, he's seen something funny, go on, get out and get, get some help. This could be a warning. The, uh, this shit is in... The, in or in, free comedy. Yeah. Told of cult practices in some of the most remote corners of the public woods, and not just in the forest preserves, not just in Cook County, but in every region of the state. Holy shit. Yeah. They must have... It was the insane clown posse's starting roots, is what it was. <laughs> Let's face it. It's a little weird watching them all together with clown makeup drinking Fago. I mean, that's... Uh, it's the hatchet <laughs> man. Come on. It's, you know... Yeah, yeah, I, I never really figured out what that was until yeah, so, somebody actually mentioned so he, the Hatchet Man. I was like, that's what the fuck that is? Yeah. So now there's a there's a literal logo that says, keep away from that fucking guy. <laughs> when, when I was, because he's got nothing to contribute. When I was uh, when I was talking about the, the full terror assault thing that I went to, that's what I was talking about. Like, there was fucking those symbols spray painted on trees and sheds and shit. It's like the Blair Witch Project for fucking rejects. <laughs> I want. So, this, sorry, this, this, this gets better though. He's this this police officer, and again, this is from this is on Chicago Tribune's website. So oh, this, I want to I want to justify because we're big mm-hmm. on making sure we have sources cited. It's a Naperville police officer beat cop who actually had to patrol Bussy Woods before he got assigned to Naperville. He played our LARP. 
mm-hmm. back in the day. Remember what I'm talking about? I said, Rich? Yes. Kind of heavy set guy with the beard. He's the one yeah. who told me the real story behind it. Yeah. Uh, that it was a drug deal, which is why it didn't hit the paper. They don't want that in the paper, FYI. So he says, so, they are always in very remote, hard-to-reach places through brush that you have to work to get through. They have trail markers and lookouts, and some of them are, some of them are armed. They are <laughs> booby-trapped with Vietnam-like punji steaks <laughs> or spikes hammered through planks. There are trip wires and neck wires to knock you down. Now, I, I'm going to continue on that, but that leads me to the everybody knew somebody who knew somebody who was riding their bike through Bussy Woods and got decapitated. Okay. This that's the Hills Have Eyes plot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He fixed an icy look upon some one hundred and fifty cops in the room. If you ever do walk into a ceremony, you'll never get your model sixty six out of your holster, he warned. You'll be dead. Oh. This is a this goes on and on and this has two pages. I must have uh it must have been my guardian angel that when I went to Bussy Woods for a walk. That yeah, they just weren't. They weren't doing nothing. They, they yeah, must have. You picked the wrong night. The moon wasn't the right quarter. I that's mean, true. Oh, and I went at dusk. I didn't mm-hmm. go at midnight. Yeah. That was probably my oh, fault. Yeah. yeah. You were in your car, though, too, right? Well, no, I walked. Oh, I got to okay. walk. They have trails through Bussy yeah, Woods. He's not going to drive his yeah. car through thick brush. Uh, well, you I know, can't do that. They're, they're, All the punji sticks would have fucked my yeah, car up. And, yeah, uh, the tires would have been fucking traps. And the hanging animals? I just thought they were deer hunters offering me food, and I politely declined as I walked by. I mean, well, it's nice to take a small bite. A small <laughs> bite, just out of politeness. You don't have to eat the whole thing. Leave a bit for everyone else. But, I mean, don't flat out refuse it. <laughs> he fixed an icy stare in 150 cops in I can, one room. I cannot believe that that shit was You will not get your 66 out of your holster if you walk into one of these ceremonies. What does that sound like? This sounds like the beginning of a shitty part of a cop movie, right? Where the chief is like, you walk in there, Riggs. You're not going to get your Model 60 out of your holster. You'll be dead. <laughs> right. it, so- it sounds like that old fisherman from the movie Jaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You think that's a big fish? I can tell you a whopper of a story. Yeah, Robert One Shaw. stormy night. Exactly. Well, yep. and, the, and the fucked up thing about it, too, is that uh, I know that in the late 80s in Chicago, there was more than one active serial killer. Yes. So, so I mean, there could have been, you know, weird shit going on in the woods at that time. Damn, I had the time all wrong. The year was far advanced in the 80s. Yeah, you know, it was wrong everything, dates. Yeah, they, they, you know what? They got tired of the cult thing. They you wrote know. a song about it. The freaks come out at night, and I was I wasn't there no, at night. You fucked up. Not at the right time. It was my fault. You should have. Yeah. You should. Well, you know. And here's a fucked up thing. Like, okay, say you want to join the satanic cult. Like, where are you going to go but Bussy Woods? And like, they're going to yeah. decapitate you. Well, just like, make sure that you have your listen, insignia properly displayed. You as a follower have- of the left hand path, I don't go to join shit. I choose to be a Satanist, and therefore I am. <laughs> Do as thou wilt, shall be the whole of the law. Well, okay? I mean, that's, that's, how that's it goes. definitely official. That that's how it is. Highly official. Not that I know anything about Satanism, but just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's I dabble. Mostly humanism, but you know, just saying. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. But so, so anyways, like, like that, that's, that, that leads into the point. Like this area, I don't know if it's unique <laughs> to this fucking place or what, but you have all kinds of fucking... You have the Resurrection Cemetery. Yes. You have the uh, the old. Uh, there's like the Excalibur Club, like all this this like haunted. The the infamous story for Chicago, the woman in white, is tied to the Resurrection Ceremony. We actually are accredited worldwide mm-hmm. for that story, and every town has a woman in white. Right? Really? That's, that's one of the most tale. famous. Uh, uh, no, actually, I haven't. 
the wo- the woman in white and help me out, Nate, if I do it because I'm gonna do it from memory here because I'm pretty good on this. Is supposed to be a woman whose husband cheated on her, and what happens is is she's the vengeful ghost of that woman. Is a noon wraith or she what? Commi- no, she well, essentially right, but she commits suicide and she haunts the trek of land near her home. But the home is long since gone, right? It's not supposed to look like any properties there. And what it is is that she'll stand out there, this beautiful woman, usually in a nightgown of something white, stands there. And if you're a nice guy and stop to give her a ride home, and then, you know, why wouldn't you kind of, yeah, I'll take you home. <laughs> if you're a lecherous type, yeah. um, she kills you. This is uh, it's supposed to be with this, so don't stop for any any woman in white on the side of the road. You, what he, if you're just a nice guy? He, uh, well, he, he, he called it, uh, the lady in white. It's known as that. It's also known as Resurrection Mary. Yeah. And Resurrection Mary um, is like if you go down Archer Avenue, like the closer to fall you get, the more likely you are to run into Resurrection Mary, blah, 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 blah. It's it, like the origin of that, like pick up the hitchhiker that disappears in your car. That's where it comes from. Right. Um, that's that's part of that. I forgot that part. So yeah. I'll read I'll read a little bit of this to you. Since the 1930s. Several men driving northeast <clears throat> along Archer Avenue between the Willowbrook Ballroom, which is where I had my prom, and Resurrection Cemetery have reported picking up a young female hitchhiker. The young woman is dressed somewhat formally in a white party dress and is said to have light blonde hair and blue eyes. There are other reports that say she and wears no a thin shawl, dancing shoes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, when the driver nears Resurrection Cemetery, the young woman asks to be let, up, let out, whereupon she disappears into the cemetery. According to the Chicago Tribune, full-time ghost hunter Richard Crow has collected three dozen substantiated reports of Mary from the 1930s to present. And, and, and Richard, money? bullshit, Richard Crow, Richard Crow. I, okay, well, I don't know anything about that guy, but how do you how do you get enough money to become a full-time ghost hunter? I know fuck all about Richard Crow, but if he's not a Native American, <laughs> fuck him. It's, it's Crow like Cameron Crow or Russell Crow. Right. It's Crow with an E. It's not. Crow with a W. If he's not a Native American, he doesn't know shit about ghosts. Just fuck him. It's any, yes. Yes. I've met Native Americans. I was in Oklahoma for a little bit. And whenever I talk to them, by the way, they never mention ghost stories. Anytime you want to. But if they mention ancestor spirits or good things, I listen. Why? They're still alive. Anytime, and in their culture, they exist. Anytime That's you want to know if something's bullshit, it always starts out like this. The story goes yep. that Mary had spent the evening dancing with a boyfriend at the O. Henry Ballroom. At some point, they got into an argument and Mary stormed out. Even though it was a cold winter's night, she thought she would rather face a cold walk home than spend another minute with her boyfriend, whomever Son he was. Son of a bitch. Unfortunately, he gets lost to the fucking ages. She doesn't. She left the ballroom and started walking up Archer Avenue. She had not gotten very far when she was struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver who fled the scene, leaving Mary I thought he was going to say Sam and Dean Winchester there. Probably her boyfriend. Killed her. Her parents found her and were grief-stricken at the sight of her dead body. They buried her in Resurrection Cemetery wearing a beautiful white dancing dress and matching dancing shoes. The hit-and-run driver was never found. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, the vanishing hitchhiker. Wouldn't Well, wouldn't the, the story be that someone keeps on hitting people randomly along that area? You know, you'd think, should but, be. No. you know, no, because this, this is a, a yeah. one that wasn't written. This was... So clearly what we have to do is uh, find some lady, dress her up in white, and have her get rides down Archer Street to True. Resurrection Cemetery. The, the other, there's, another, kind of uh, there's another part, too. That, <laughs> kind of um, it would. It would be hilarious. The, the, this goes on because there's other weird shit that is sort of uh, connected to this. 
uh, Jerry Pallas, a Chicago Southsider, reported that in 1939, he met a person who came to believe was who he came to believe was resurrect was Resurrection Mary at the Liberty Grove and Hall at 47th and Mozart. They danced and even kissed, and she asked him to drive her home along Archer Avenue, exiting the car and disappearing in front of Resurrection Cemetery. Now, there's a there's a part of the bars that are burned at the Resurrection Cemetery, and nobody knows how it happened, and they believe that that's a part of it. Um, oh, that's got to be part of the magic trick right there. She's just got to be able to run right through the bars, then have the like person who was driving her come up to the bars and touch them, and they'll yeah. be solid. So, and warm. so she reportedly and warm. she reportedly yes. burned her handprints into the wrought iron fence around the cemetery in August 1976. Although officials at the cemetery have stated that a truck damaged the fence and there is no evidence of a ghost conspiracy. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. That's what they want you to believe. <laughs> oh, I've seen the way, things that'll that blow your amazing. mind. <laughs> it's so good. I'm just listening to that on the way down. <laughs> Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I was a Navy Shield, a warrior. You know, if if he did shows about about this shit, <laughs> so just uh, hunts down ghosts. It would be more believable. <laughs> Listen, spirits of this area, I want you to come out and commune with me. <laughs> come haunt me. I've got you. As a former governor, I grant you amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy oh he's a million bucks that guy oh poor Jesse jeez got his butt beat by Chris Kyle <laughs> America no, Chris well, Kyle no that that legally did not happen because you know you know the, the situation around there right no I so do. so uh, this has nothing to do with ghosts vaguely um, like, like often on the show, it's we're a discussion. Talking about the ghost of Chris Kyle. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we'll play the segue music. Segue to another topic. <laughs> right, so, uh, Chris Kyle, who was the what, what was that movie, American Sniper or whatever? So he, you know, he he's basically been. It's been determined that that guy was kind of full of shit. Uh, kind of a lot full of shit. Yeah, kind of, not kind of. Yeah, like like <laughs> legally he was full of shit. Okay. Uh, or illegally he was full of shit, however you want to look at that. But he wrote this fucking passage in his book about being at a funeral in Texas, I believe, and meeting someone who was definitely Jesse Ventura, although he didn't actually name him. They call him Scruffy yeah, Necker like, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like he described Jesse Ventura... And but didn't name him in the book, right? Okay. And in this passage in his book, he talks about how Scruffy Neck was talking all this shit about Navy SEALs and how they deserve to die and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then so Chris Kyle went and like the hero he was, punched him out, you know, gave him what for, knocked oh, him unconscious, man. right? And if, he punched the American spirit back into him, right? <laughs> 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 And it was he, an eagle punch? Yes. yes. Wow. There was a car. I was like, ah! <laughs> and, and then, you know, he exploded into a million American flags. and Falcon punch! Yeah. So he he uh, he doesn't say who it was. A burst into American flags. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, uh, you know, while he's doing the rounds promoting this book that he wrote, on some radio show, I don't remember specifically what, what one it was, but uh, it could have been a TV show too, so 
bear in mind. Yep. He flat out says, you know, this was Jesse Ventura. And so Jesse Ventura sues him because Jesse Ventura is like, I wasn't there. I've never met you. You certainly never punched me. And I never would have said that. Say what you want about Jesse Ventura. He's a crazy person. But he is always like, I'm a Navy. I was a Navy SEAL. So clearly that's something he takes great yeah, pride in. He's a crazy patriot. You know, he's in that, that line of, of crazy super pro American people like Alex Jones, you know, where you can't take anything they say seriously unless they're talking about how much they love their country for some reason. They love their country. They hate their government, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, the Jesse Ventura is not as, as far as I know, never displayed an anti-troop mentality, right? Anti-government. Yes. But that's not soldiers. It's he hates the bureaucracy. Those guys hate the bureaucracy of government, which anybody living well, can stand down and say yes. Not only do they hate the bureaucracy of it, but they also, you know, live in this kind of fantastic world of, like, there's a whole new world order, and you know, we're bordering on lizard people. Yeah. You know, for, yep, for, yep. for the record, Jesse Ventura has a show. We've never met him. No. And so this is me. I am the I am the silver lining guy. I'll leave you two to bash the shit out of the other half. But no, I no. I am the <laughs> silver lining. And, and what I like to believe is that Jesse uh, Ventura had. Was a governor, did all these great accomplishments. To me, a guy with that drive, with that success, suddenly being old and having nothing to do but the hobby, is now looking into these par- these conspiracies and whatever, well, and, and that's his thing, and that's his shtick. He's still known. We kind of resurrected him in popularity, because at least amongst ourselves, because he's hysterical to think about all these this show he did, right? right. Really, what you're seeing is what happens to a sexual tyrannosaurus when he <laughs> ages. <laughs> I'm a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. He doesn't have time to bleed because he's really interested in what happened on 9-11. Gonna bring but old that's, painless that's out of the bag. So, so Jesse Ventura sues this guy. And then, as I, we know... To save him, because he wants to do litigation. Otherwise, he would kill him with his thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he basically, he sues him for fucking defamation. He sues him because, you know, he made... His claim is... Chris Kyle made up this story. Now, many other people have come forth and said, this, 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 all these things in your book didn't happen. He also claimed that he had shot uh, looters in during the um, Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. And yeah, just sniping American citizens. Yeah. And he's just, he's For free America. to walk. And, 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 you know, legal. Free to walk. Yeah. And like police officers and shit like that have said that never happened. You know, like there was something uh, in Texas, like I guess he he claimed that he like somebody tried to carjack him or something. And he yeah. and he killed the fucking carjackers. And there's no the, the yep. n- nothing that ever happened. It, it just never happened. The the police officials and shit have been like, no, that. OK, it's cool. You think that. But right. where are the fucking people you supposedly killed? There's and no please bodies. do, because we'd like to arrest you. Um, right. Yeah. So so he gets killed. Chris Kyle gets killed by some crazy guy at like a shooting range. And uh, everyone then kind of like leaned on Jesse Ventura to like drop his lawsuit or whatever. Right. Uh, But he didn't. Good. And he won. Basically, they said, yep, this guy lied, made this shit up. There's no there's no foundation for this. There's no evidence that it ever occurred. They slandered you. So he won a bunch of money. So Jesse Ventura is now hated once again by fucking people because the 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 big 
the big argument was, and I'll reference my family again because I feel like I've I've somehow crawled out of crazy. Uh, you know, he was an American hero, and how dare Jesse Ventura sue his his wife and you know and like his wife is making a fuck ton of money off of his book and movie and movie and etc cetera, etc cetera. and why should she profit off of her husband her dead husband's lies well <laughs> i'm not opposed to the only good thing that chris Kyle had done was provide for his wife and child um if that was if that's really the bottom line of what happens you know, and uh, to be fair, I don't know the guy personally. No. So more or less, I'm just going off of what we've found as far as facts and uh, and fact finders have discovered. Um, he could have been an outstanding person. Uh, probably most likely was because to even make it to the level of a Navy SEAL, you have to be a cut above. Correct. You yep. know, the cut above. Um, so, I mean, with all that said, still... Uh, if the only thing that really comes out of his memoir, his lies and his pushing his legacy um, is that uh, his wife and child are provided for for the rest of their lives in a comfortable manner. I'm totally okay with. And if uh, Jesse Ventura says, well, if you're going to spread lies and make money on what you are lying about me and ruining my reputation, I'm just going to take a bit of that. He's obviously not going to get it all. No, right. but right. you know, he's going to get a fair share of it because that's going to be the story that everybody remembers. Yeah, pretty decent amount of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars. But in the grand scheme of things, the amount of money that that guy made off of selling that book, the movie rights, and etc., I'm sure his family will be set. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, he just happened to... And, and here, the fucked thing of it is, if he had never said outright, like, yeah, I wrote that about Jesse Ventura, nobody would... He never would have got sued about it, but... Yeah, that's um, all he had to do was recant, right? Um, and... The time from when the lawsuit had happened till the time that uh, Chris had uh, been killed was a significant amount of time. It was like more than a year. Yeah. Um, so he had plenty of time to just say, no, um, that didn't happen. I'm sorry, you know. Um, but he didn't, so. <laughs> and he left that to, to the wind, as yeah. it were. That, that's yeah. I know. That's fucked up. Well, let me yeah. take it back. It's funny. It's only messed up because, you know, I kind of think. I don't know. I kind of like the way Nick put it. I mean, it sounds to me like the guy probably didn't have sacrifice to his country. He didn't uh, didn't come out of it rich, so I can assume that maybe he felt right the fame while you have it. Yeah. Who knows? You know. And let's let's face it. If you're famous and your career's going down and you don't see any any end way and you want to keep keep that level or keep you fresh in the minds of people, you lie. You create some sensation up. And it gets you up there. And if, and if someone likes it in Hollywood, they pick you up and pull you in again. I mean, that's sunrise, sunset. Yeah, I think he just got caught in the same thing that we were talking about earlier. It's just that ever-expanding story. Uh, yep. The You know, where the next time you tell it, it's got to be bigger and mm-hmm. greater. You know, it was uh, that comedian who said he was in the, the Twin Towers. Was Steve Razizi. Yeah, Steve Renazizi. Renazizi, yeah. yeah. Um, same thing, you know, but that guy actually came clean. That, you know, that by the way, if you is, don't know who that is, that's the guy that's like the main character on the league. Yeah. Okay. So the guy that you think looks like Sean or acts like yeah, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. So that guy, if you don't know this story. No, I don't. That, that guy, uh, way back when, I guess when he first started to get a little bit famous and get kind of known on the comedy scene, uh, told the story about how he 
worked for like Merrill Lynch or something like that. Yeah, he like was that. an account manager at Merrill Lynch. And he worked on like the 53rd floor of the South Tower, I think, uh, on 9-11. And how like the, the first plane had hit and they kind of like went downstairs and then the second plane had hit and he basically had survived this, the terrorist attack on 9-11. And he continued to kind of tell this story, you know, as then he got kind of more famous and more famous and more famous. Well, recently, um, was it like the New York Times or something? One, one of the one of the big papers in New York. Yeah, I believe it was the Times. Basically, confronted him and was like, "You didn't work for Merrill Lynch because Merrill Lynch didn't have an office in the fucking World Trade Center, and you're probably full of shit." Right. And then he came out and was like, "Yeah, you know, I told this story, and uh, I'm really sorry. Didn't happen." But wah, wah, he, he, he was even he was on. Yeah. Uh, he was on Mark Maron's podcast and talking about it and told this whole tale and, you know, it's kind of like stuck to it. It's like you, you get wrapped up in bullshit and then you just continue to embellish bullshit. You just, you just dare people to find that about it, you know, just to figure yep. it out. I don't know. know like, like I don't, I don't really care that he told that story. Like I don't find him any less funny or more. I funny. adopt Phil's mentality. If you made it entertaining enough, I won't bother. If, yeah. it was, if you told a good story. Because it, it, like it's one of those those bullshit lies that didn't it, it didn't hurt anybody. Like yeah, you know I imagine if you actually had someone that died on nine eleven, you'd be like, oh, he's kind of a slime ball. And I I agree. Yeah, you know it's like okay, you didn't really need to tell that story. But at the end of the day, he didn't physically hurt anybody and lie about it. He just kind of made some shit up to, to probably to make himself seem more interesting. Yeah, and. Uh, whether it worked or not, because like I didn't even know he had told that. I didn't know that was a thing until I heard that he lied about it. So, yep. yeah, I mean, so I think, uh, I mean, obviously he got caught red-handed, right? Yeah, um, hand in the cookie jar and all mm-hmm. that. Um, the same thing had happened to Chris. Like there were allegations that nobody really cared enough to put into the front page. Right. Um, the same way that Steve's was until obviously the movie came out. At which point, then suddenly everyone cared um, about those stories about Chris Kyle. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think that Steve Renazizi was braver for having to fess up to that because that takes a lot of it's a strong hit to your pride and humility. I think I think every that. I think everybody at one point in their life you get caught in a lie. I think that's how you learn not to. Yeah, you know, someone calls you out, you know, and you see the damage or what have you, and. You feel something to it. If anything, the shame. And I think that's the hope. You know, they shame you. You learn your lesson. But it takes courage. It truly does take courage to dig deep. And I feel everybody has this and has done this. And said, yeah, I did. You know, why Why you did it doesn't need to be known. But that you did it. Right? Because that's something really. At the end of the day, I always said this. You know, to anybody I've ever caught in a lie, I always tell them, remember, what I've caught you in, I've done worse. Right? Because for for anyone's recollection, the time you were caught... Usually in your teenage years, you did. To you, it was a dramatic moment, right? I did all this. I didn't realize right. the bullshit I did. That sucks. That feeling sucks, and it stuck with you. And so now you're trying to build that empathy with that person and be like, don't take it so hard, but, like, stop. And at the you same know? time, when you look at people that are famous, people that live in the the spotlight, they're, like, everybody's kind of full of shit to even get there to begin with. Give them a pass, because you want that suspension right. and disbelief at, anyway. At the know. end of the day, like he made up a story to make himself seem more interesting. And the fact that he had to come clean now 
you know, where he's kind of becoming known. I, I wouldn't even say he's like famous, famous, but right. like he had just uh, like signed some deal with Buffalo Wild Wings to be their spokesperson, and um, you know, harsh. he's he's coming off of like the the seventh season of the league is the last season. So like he's at that oh, point he's now, shopping now for right, another thing, you know, yeah. where it's gonna it's gonna negatively impact him, and it probably shouldn't. To be fair, yeah, it's a little kind of icky. It's like kind of oily that he did it, but fucking famous people are full of shit. Here's yeah. one that I heard on a director's cut. It's I don't know if you've the the movie Legend has Tom Cruise in it, stars mm-hmm. as the main character. Yep, they filmed it somewhere in Australia, and there's a scene where he dives in the water to get this ring. Well, in the director's cut, you hear them talk about the fact there's a clutch of alligators that were in the water just sitting there. And they were like, well, we got to wait for them to clear up. We can't just, you know, it's too dangerous and blah, blah, blah. And Tom Cruise said, fuck it and dove in. And that's that's what he did. I don't know if that director's full of shit. Right. Right. You hear it and you're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's not as cut. It doesn't matter, but it made it more interesting. You know, right. you fuck this dude. The ball's on Tom Cruise. I believe Cruise. it. Steve Irwin. But why Tom I believe Cruise. it is because Tom Cruise is big on doing his stunts and going through it and whatever. Almost to the and, point of being a little crazy. Right. And it's like, he's, he's an exciting... <laughs> oh, in in addition crazy. to... A little crazy. Other but, things. But he's one of those people where it's like, he's so big that if you heard something amazing at Tom Cruise, you're like, hey, it's Tom Cruise. Right? It's just natural. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's cool, but... Go Tom Cruise. Yeah. Right. It's but if like you, uh, hearing a story like, oh, yeah, Jackie Chan climbed the side of like the Washington you Monument. You're like, well, of course he did. That guy can scramble up anything. Yep. <laughs> as long as it wasn't something like Obama got knocked out by Chuck Norris. Right. You know, because people <laughs> want to see that more than anything. Like, right. really prove it, motherfucker. Well, I, I, like, I had read Oh, something. my God. Can you imagine how that would light up the South? <laughs> yeah. Chuck Norris, Yeehaw! Walker, Texas Ranger, puts a boot heel to Obama's big ears. It would be puts a boot heel to terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> strikes back kicks the muslim out of the white house that damn muslim and stole his yellow cake did it all one act luckily he had, a, he had a yellow cake napkin so yellow cake napkin baby um but uh yeah fucking i don't remember what i was talking about i was gonna say something and i had words in my head that they were gonna come out of my mouth but uh i was uh as, as he as he co-master of ceremonies h.h H. holmes Oh, well, yeah, that, that's actually where I was going now. Um, I was just reading that uh, the fucking Congress Hotel is like the most haunted place in America or something like that. Right. Uh, I've never been there personally, but uh, there's a whole bunch of these. Like I was reading about uh, haunted places in Chicago, and obviously you have the, the Hull House, yep, the Jane Addams Hull House. That one's a pretty big one. Like th- there, There's tons of them. So Resurrection Cemetery, there's another cemetery. There's a, a cemetery in Naperville. It's supposed to be super haunted. They have. Uh, why am I changing its homes? Because they have Holmes's building. Yeah. Is apparently there's there's evidence on the tour they reveal that Holmes was a secret Satanist, and why he had designed a house of murder who's, was because he needed this? souls. You've H- never heard of H.H. H. 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 Holmes? No. So it's wow. interesting. You've never heard of H.H. H. Holmes. There's actually a, well, it, you know, edify me and the yeah. listeners. Yes, yeah. there, absolutely. So so. Uh, there's a movie coming out next year about H.H. H. Holmes, but uh, who this guy starring was. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Is it a Scorsese the, film? Uh, I hope, because they, they go they go well together. Actually, it so. might be. That's 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 pretty good. We'll, we'll look that up. Uh, but so anyways, H.H. H. Holmes was this uh, independently wealthy chap that uh, built this real big house. Uh, during the, I believe it's 1925 Chicago World Fair. Exactly. And uh, 
during the World Fair would bring people into his home, torture them, kill them, do all kinds of fucked up things to them. It was like basically he built a hotel and built like a murder house and did killed countless people. I don't think they know how many people he killed. Um, it's 200 plus. But yeah. Uh, it's nine confirmed, 100 confessed, 27 uh, second confessions, over 200 estimated. And of the ones that, and in the nine confirmed was what they caught when they arrested him. The 100 confessed is the bodies they found in the building he constructed. Because what he did was, he built this building, and he would make additions and add on to and what have you. And every time he would kill someone, he'd like to bury the evidence in the walls. Yeah. And would make a room out of it. And every one of these rooms, he constructed a way to sneak in when the doors were locked. And kill whoever he wanted. Or he would design a booby trap to kill that person. One of them that was famously used in another film, uh, what is it, The Devil Barber of Fleet Street? Sweeney Todd? Yep. Which is that recent movie where they show the chair and how he hits a lever and it shoots the guy in a barber chair down to the basement at breakneck speed and it kills him. H.H. Holmes had a version of that. Actually had a version of that. Yeah. Built in his home to kill them. Because he would use the incinerator that he built into the place in the basement uh, that he was one of the only people who knew how to get to it. He would use it to dispose of his evidence. Now, what he would do is he would take these victims' bodies as well, and he would sell them the science. And how he would do it is he would like use acids or what have you, and he would completely strip the, uh, the meat off the bone and all the viscera, dispose of the, the bio waste, take these skeletons and reconstruct them, and then sell those to, to medical practitioners. Oh, so like the skeleton in the classroom. Exactly. And what they estimate, that's exactly what he did. And they estimated that he did that as big business. So why he had the number he had was because he was making hand over fist money as profit. And when the world trade going on, they would come over and they had no idea. That was the horrific part. This time in, in, in America, I was like, you have a business of getting what? Well, I could get you a reconstructed replica of a human skeleton. Yeah, I was wrong about the date, too. There it is. So, um, But date or what have you, that's, that's, yeah. that's the story he, of this he guy. Was, he, was dead. he was dead and buried by like 1896. But anyways, yeah. uh, according to Variety, and this is from August 10th of this year, Leonardo DiCaprio will star in the long in development The Devil in the White City with Martin Scorsese directing yeah, of course, for yeah, Paramount. Which is cool because fucking Martin Scorsese is the shit. And, oh, and know, interesting enough, it was life insurance money was his prime motive. Uh, yeah, so. This he, is 1895. 1893. Something, yeah. Yeah. It just shows you how long that fiasco has been going on. Well, it lets you know why they're very particular about how someone dies <laughs> and who collects. So. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he's been in a fuck ton of Martin Scorsese movies. I didn't even realize Oh, uh, yeah, that. actually, yeah. pretty much the two of them work exclusive. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, and Shutter Island. Yep. And supposedly, there's uh, this is completely off topic, but supposedly there's supposed to be a uh, Martin Scorsese film with Robert De Niro, um, uh, fucking The Little Fella. Oh, Peter Dinklage? No, no, no. Not that little. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. Tom Cruise? No, no. Pesci? Yeah, Joe Pesci. And, Joe Pesci. And uh, um, that's supposed to be coming out <laughs> sometime as well. I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. Completely off topic. But yeah, so H.H. Holmes, um, that area is supposed to be like where, where, I guess, like the location where it was, where it was at. Like, cause I, uh, place has been torn down, but yeah, I'd imagine that's the kind of place that a mob burns to the ground. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
Um, but yeah, the, like that's a, like a huge thing. Like if you wanna if you wanna go on haunted tours, Chicago is like prime real estate for that. Uh, there's dozens of fucking places. I forgot his one of his monikers was Doctor Death because uh, he pretended to be a doctor when he sold uh, to the medical practitioners. And think about it, he had a he had a famous hotel that he said he afforded from him being a doctor in other places. And this drew attention from the medical field to have people stay there in his hotel of death. And he would have conferences there. And he was three miles from the Columbian Expo, which is what was held there, which is a World Trade Fair knockoff style. They call him America's first serial killer. And speaking of serial killers, apparently there's some level of rumor or legend surrounding um, uh, John Wayne Gacy's lot. like Because mm-hmm. they, they tore that house down rebuilt it but uh yeah i wonder where that is exactly it's, it's in rosemont is it yeah. i thought it was in wisconsin somewhere it's probably why i always felt unclean and dirty staying in no rosemont. i think you're you're either thinking of um so ed, ed gein probably well probably there's there's ed gein of. and then then of course there's uh um jeffrey dahmer jeffrey dahmer yeah um and they they tore that building down as well um but uh john wayne gacy lived in Wisconsin before he moved to Chicago. And there are theories that Gacy had killed people in Wisconsin as well. The reason why Gacy moved out of Wisconsin and moved to Illinois was because he had, he got he, when he lived there he had a family like a wife and kids or whatever and uh he had gotten convicted of some sexual predatory stuff and so when he got out of jail he just moved and when he moved to Chicago, like back then, like in the fifties and sixties, they didn't really have like that guy's a predator. We need to put him on a list, so you could just move right in, and no one would be the wiser. Right? They didn't have the same shit that we have now, where you do background checks and stuff. Amber Alert. Right? They did. They, that didn't exist on Facebook. By the way, weirds me out why that right? happens. Yeah. Yeah. Amber Alert on Facebook. Yeah. Somebody will post an Amber Alert. And it's information about a missing child or what have you who've been abducted, but it's and it's called an Amber Alert, but it's on Facebook. Yeah, that's weird. And I'm like, if it's I've a real Amber Alert, yeah. your phone goes off. Yeah. They have I know we've had that here yeah. where it's like for yeah. three days it's gonna go off looking for it. Yeah. So it's weird to me that's also on Facebook. I was like, eh, okay, counterproductive, just a point to me. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. But that's that's a lot of those guys got away with shit like that back in the day because there wasn't that level of communication. So you have weird shit, you have killers, or you yep. have, you know, people that do dastardly fucked up stuff, and then legend sort of springs up around them. And, and how don't they? I mean, I always often look at that as like a wound was removed, but it, it left scars. Yeah. And those scars are just terrifying the neighborhood. And, and, it, and it kind of like, it enters into the collective kind of folklore. What the fuck do you tell your kids if you're the next door neighbor? Yeah, exactly. You know, what happened to, what happened to Uncle <laughs> John who lived next door? The devil ate him. I, I really, really, what when it comes down to it, like how he moved away. Oh shit, he's all learned it. He didn't just move away. If you well, live next door, farm upstate, right, right. right. <laughs> you live, you live next door to a, you know, like think, think for instance, like the people that lived in the same building as Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. What the fuck do you tell yourself after you discover that the quiet guy that lives down the hall with the funny odor coming out of his apartment. Who had a weird liking of male agents. Right, right. Uh, yeah, how do you rent out that apartment afterwards? Yeah. How do you <laughs> how do you even deal with that? How do you go, well, you know, I, I live next door to a guy who was murder, murder fucking people, you know, to use the proper term. 
because uh, that's what he was doing. Like, how do you how do you go? Ah, uh, yeah, well, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. I missed that in the right. DSM. Yeah, the murder fucking. <laughs> how do you do? You half rent for a year, and then you bring it back to full price yeah. afterward. Yeah, it's, did we did it? we mention Jeffrey Dahmer when we were talking about zombies last week? No, because I, I think it's important to note that the the goal of Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't necessarily to kill people, but it was to drill holes in their head and make live zombies. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm absolutely positive. I'm absolutely serious on that. Wow. Jeffrey Dahmer's goal was to keep someone around who we Home didn't have to talk to. <laughs> well, it, the, the thing so about he was was he like was it to like do trepanning on them and just make them brain dead or yeah. oh okay he wanted he wanted them to to be alive and not leave him, but he wanted them there to fulfill his needs. His sexual gratification. Oh, yeah. Man, all I had to do with all those exes, just drill a hole in their head? Jeffrey Dahmer's thing genius. was he didn't want people to... <laughs> right, yeah. so, so he would drill, he would drill I mean, holes... You still got to feed them. He, well, yeah. He would, but, yeah, yeah. He, he would drill holes into their head, and he would pour fucking acid into the holes in hopes that it would, you know, kill that part of their brain, when in fact it just killed them. And then yeah. since they were dead and he didn't want them to leave him, that's when he would eat their parts. I thought that was more of a just, you know, that's the easiest way to dispose of them, you know. It's no. Like a, There's you know, a lot of meat on a person. Well, it's actually yeah. a really hard way. Yeah, we had in this conversation, how long would it take you to eat a, an entire cow? I was like, me, probably a month. We'd oh, figure it out. And then I we, remember that. Yeah, and then we looked it up, right? And I was like, apparently I'm way the fuck off, and that was that. Yeah. And well, <laughs> we well think about it like know. this. Well, like how it, much was it? What's that? It goes for quite a bit. I, I forget the exact, but like months. Yeah, it's it's it a would long take that fucking to do that time. For what a cow would was, make. Well, because I was thinking about it, be like, if I if I bought a side of beef, why would I buy a side of beef? Because I'm having a beef party, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't care what the occasion is, but I'm going to cook half of a cow for sure for these <laughs> this day or couple days in which everybody's going to have them a lot so, of a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah, you've read beef nuggets. We got beef nuggets. Why? There's more meat where that came from. Beef There's dumplings, beef, beef everything. So, so here's the, here's the, the beef salad. Uh, once an average cow has been butchered, about 800 pounds of edible meat remains. Yeah, this would take at three meals a day, half pound of meat per meal, 18 months for you to eat. Half pound of meat per meal. What kind of fucking pussy is that? Well, that's you know, what I eat when I'm on a person. diet. Even if you do a pound of beef for fucking meal, that's holy shit. So yeah. Nine months at a pound if you had it three times a day. In other words, if you want cancer of the colon, that's how you go about it the yeah, right way. Yeah. Right? Get that shit impacted. <laughs> Eat the meat log. That's all you would do eventually. <laughs> what do we log. want? For? Just get some brown gravy because all we're having is more meat log. 800 it's pounds fucking, of meat log. It's like a tail hanging out of the side of your pants. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Like Shit a compressed can of fucking Play-Doh is what you would be. <laughs> so meat goes in. You might as well not leave the bathroom. You have to snake that something. See, what really fucks with me is that this is like a subject that you can readily look up on Google. And be like, how long would it take me to eat a whole cow? Right. And there's people who are like, well, you know, we've thought about that too. Uh, here's an answer. Like, Why? Right. How, I don't even know how we got on the fucking How we got on the topic like, was because I told yeah. the story about how, uh, and I, I might have to tell the story for it to make sense to people listening, but... Right, we I don't a, think we, so. We <laughs> you, can just, you can just leave that out in the ether and let them make up their own we, minds. <laughs> we, had a, we had a cow that got hit by lightning on our farm. Nice. Now, what was weird is every, every night you would throw feed in the trough and the cows know to come eat, and they would eventually make their way too because they hear the sound. 
And they don't immediately run. They never do. I don't know if you've seen it on TV. It's like whenever you go to the trough and you throw it in, you're come the cattle. I grew up in the farms. Uh, kind of. I've if never, the cow's I've nearby and you throw it in, it'll come over. I didn't know but you had to feed cows. I thought they just ate the grass. They do. They, they usually eat the yeah, grass and they're fine. Dairy. But you also have to make up a nutritional yeah. composition because uh, the other stuff they would eat, you're not giving them that, access uh, to. That totally makes sense. But I mean, there's a, there's a couple things. I you just can, figured you cows You can do your corn meals and you can do yep. your silages and... And some people just have them uh, free free graze. Um, and you get different types of meat depending on how you do it. So if you're raising them for meat, that's when you do, you know, your cornmeal compositions. The this dude knows right knows in depth. You know what my family knew? When we got the land, there were four cows. <laughs> we sold two. We were milking one. One got fucking hit by lightning. <laughs> okay, so that might, might have been our sign from days God. To eat that fucking now, cow. Now, what's funny as fuck? How we found out? We had a school bus that would come. We would load it and we pass the field. And this cow was just sitting in the corner of the field, like whatever. You're a cow. I didn't give a shit. You you have it on a farm. You don't. You're not paying attention to what moo cow is mm-hmm. fucking doing, just standing there. So we leave and come back for like four days. And eventually, I was like, dude. That cow ain't moved. That cow really likes that corner of the field. And my uncle goes, it hasn't moved either. And it's been literally smelling like someone had a barbecue for four days straight. <laughs> like they, like they, they cooked the fuck out of some shit. You know what's yeah, going on. Good hickory smoke my, going on. My uncle hops, on the tra- uncle hops on the tractor, rides out there, and you look at the cow's dead. You can see bugs and shit coming off of it. And he walked over there and touched it, and it just fell over. It like rolled. It was it, like, standing? It got hit by, yeah. Yeah. It got hit by lightning, standing. stood there, and it had cooked from the inside out. Completely charred that whole fucking cow. Dunzo. And, you need to find a way to it. harness that. So right? they had to, so that we had, he, we ended up in the burn the remains right there. We weren't going to drag it off anywhere to burn, build a fire pit. They roasted it and rendered it down and all that oh, good yeah. stuff. That was so, the best smelling funeral Because when we talked about right. it, and I think it was Phil or Jason, I forget which one, that was like, man, you should just, right there, it's already cooked, just pull the meat off the bone. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no because it was done and then it was like well how long would it take you to eat a cow anyway and me being yeah. ignorant i was like i don't know we always had meat in the freezer so i imagined because of the dairy farm not far off whenever we ran out of meat we would go there when they you know we're gonna butcher a cow cool because he always his name is napier and uh jack jack napier ironically for you joker fans out there i always found that funny uh, but Napier Farms, but you would go out there. I thought that was a porn star. And he Jack went out there. No, Jack Napier from the original, I say the original <laughs> Batman, but the one with Jack Nicholson in it, uh-huh. that was his name. So when he was a criminal, it was Jack Napier. And then when he came to Joker, it was fucking Joker. But anyway, I completely digress with that comment. But anyway, they, you would go over there and we they would buy meat and I was I never bought the meat. Adults did. And there would just be the deep freezer we had and it was always filled with fucking moo cow fuck meat. And you do whatever you want with it. And so I was like, we always go through that like every two weeks, like nothing. And then we go have to buy more meat. So I was like, of course, what's in that freezer must have been an entire cow. Me not giving a shit on Xbox Live, just waxing poetic. And naturally, I was challenged. It was like going, no way. You guys did not. He was like, there's like nine of us. Yeah, we ate the fuck out of some meat. There was meat every meal I had. That cow ain't going to last long. Then we looked it up. I was like, no, there's no fucking way we had 800 pounds of meat sitting in a freezer. No. Yeah, ready to I eat. guess it also depends on exactly what you're doing with it. I mean, if you got your hamburger grind going on versus just doing straight cuts and all that weird stuff comes into play. You got to set some rules. Yeah. Oh my God, this is like halfway to like the stroke off conversation from Silicon <laughs> Valley. It is. Yeah. It oh. is, but it's okay. It, it, ozone steak is not a good, uh, no. Is what? No ozone steak? No, nah, ozone oh, steak I is not you. good. 
I could you have ate it? Maybe if it was the same night it got hit, uh, four days out in the field when the maggots set in. Yeah, no, definitely not. You can cook the maggots right out of it. So probably <laughs> it was already cooked, Nick. I mean, it was as cooked as it fucking Look, is. I'm going to tell you like this: if you lived on a farm and that that's that cow was your only source of meat for the entire year. You had no other way. There wasn't a store to go to. Right. I could maybe see like, all right, let's see what we can salvage. But outside of that, no, I would have, I would have also uh, put some logs down and, and uh, when you, a- when you touch Bessie and she rolls, shit, nothing happening. <laughs> so you are the first person to tip a cow. No, no, I am not the first person to tip a cow. I, I've gone cow tipping. It can be done. You I've never be tipped a cow. I've, I've actually never seen a cow in real life except for like through a window in a car. Funny enough, on Tech Campus, I will leave names out. Uh, it used to be a pastime. It's a dry county, right? So you have to drive to like a little rock two mm. hours away, get mm. your liquor, sneak it back. Real quick, I just want to apologize if there's an aroma that might strike either of your noses. Uh, Carry on. Uh, I just like to apologize in advance, you know. Okay. Like from you, from you on the e cig. No, 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 probably no, not. Okay, no, for not the other. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah, because I've been smelling that all day. So, mean, all right. Yeah. It's all right. Thing. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, bottom line, you would you would get drunk, and they would have the very impressionable, and you tell them about cow tipping. Find a sleeping cow. They sleep standing up, bro. And you just run and hit them in the side, and they'll roll. I haven't seen a cow sleep standing up. No, because because they don't. <laughs> they don't. And and you tell them that. And also on Tech Campus, it's a bull farm that was nearby. It's an agri campus, and they would have animals on there. And they were they were bulls. They didn't try to tip a bull, did they? They were dehorned bulls. Yeah, they tried to tip a bull. Who gives a fuck if it's dehorned? So right, I don't. I don't. Which is I why, keep the horns on it because I, I don't like want to live through that shit. We, we had cows, and I I am not experienced with bulls at this point. And I'm looking. It's a weird cow, and if why the fuck have those nubs in the side of its head? And I'm looking at it. This motherfucking cow had horns. This means it's not a goddamn cow. And and the guy's new. <laughs> yeah, I know, but watch him. Yeah. We watched three freshmen who are named nameless try their ass off. Now, understand a bull. This bull, all heart. They full tilt hit this some bitch. Was it a proper bull? Rain hit Still it. had his balls and everything? Yeah. Chilled. Oh. Chilled. But it was funny. It was chilled. It was like it's sitting there and it hit and it moved its back end a little bit and kind of sat there. It would turn towards them. And they were like, whoa, that cow looks a little pissed. They would back off and we're dying. Cause we're like, cause we're shouting now at this point, like me too. I'd hit it, it'd fall over in one blow. You just gotta give it time. Hit it when it's unawares. <laughs> hit it when it's unawares. Yeah. Um, you can see where this is going. Yep. About the fourth time for the third guy to go. So this this bull's been hit like about a half dozen times to, to no effect. It turned and started running at people. It was like boom, brah, boom. And they're like, it's not a cow. Running. We're over fences, we're running. Ah ha ha ha. Don't try to tip a fucking cow, is the point. It's a redneck pastime <laughs> of epic proportions. It is quite enjoyable if you can ever convince people, you know. It'll work like a charm on people up north if you get them down and drunk enough. You know, I bet you a hundred bucks you can't tip that cow in one blow. Yeah, blah, 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 we'll do it. And it depends on how impressionable. I wouldn't do it to one with horns because you're, sort of, you're rolling the dice anyway. Yep. You know, running at them, bulls are not known to sit there. Yeah. This one, we don't know if it was sedated. I have no fucking idea, but when it tore off, it, it tore off. We I want to see the fucking YouTube video of somebody trying to tip a cow and it fucking lands on them. Cows are dangerous, man. More people die from fucking cows are, than they do are, sharks. Are there cow tipping videos? People, I, I don't know, but that's a that's a well I don't know that I want to go down. More people die from cows than they do from sharks. Yeah, the number of deaths that result from uh, the interaction from mammals, blah, 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 is 
then it's cows, horses, pigs, and other hoofed animals are 665. The biggest bringers of death are cows and horses. So yeah, cows don't fuck around. You know why more people die from cows than they do from sharks? We don't raise sharks. It's true. That's true. Um, so. And we don't, we don't live in the same environment as them. If either of those two things existed, we would be fucking going jihadi on sharks. <laughs> 11 animals Fish more... Fish them out like they're bluefins. 11 animals more likely to kill you than sharks. Mosquitoes. There, there are more videos of people telling you not to cow tip because you can't do it <laughs> than there are videos of people trying to cow tip. Uh, well, you know, Africa is pretty dangerous, so we'll leave the mosquitoes as they are. Uh, they, but, they, they show people how to cattle ranch, tip a cow. You need to get a cow on the ground because the vet needs to get or whatever. They yep. show you how to do that yep. in a video. They're not showing you. Uh, <laughs> it's literally called the yeah. urban myth of cow tipping. And there's this lady you can tell as an authority is like about to just fucking give you an earful <laughs> right. about don't do it. damn cows alone. Cows will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. You like milk? <laughs> they do too, asshole. Leave more, them alone. more people are killed by deer than there are sharks. 130 people annually. We don't live in the ocean. That's all I'm saying. It's true. Give sharks a chance. Okay, 20, 22 but, people are killed in the U.S. every year from cows. But what about killed? I mean, can we just go with uh, with maimed? I mean, because there's a lot of sharks that just maim people just to taste them, just mm-hmm. to see what it's like. Eh. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about a good maiming. I mean, a bull shark. Bull shark will full on eat your ass. They don't. Uh, they don't taste test. Bull sharks are known to, to develop uh, taste for man flesh, and that's that's bad. Bad news bears, right? Bull sharks are also shallow hunters. We can give. We can give it that, which is why they often do shark attacks, hey, right? You know, they're giving that. I just want to take a bite. I just want a taste great it. white. Yep. A great white is what we're talking about. That they're just curious. A curious monster of death. It swims up and bites you. It, you're missing something, like half of your body. It's but that's its right. testing. Well, yeah. luckily, and often it'll regurgitate because it doesn't like the taste of man. Luckily, these attacks typically happen in well-populated areas where you can quickly get rushed to the hospital and typically not die from it. Whereas yeah. with a cow, when it falls on you or kicks you in your fucking head, you just die. Nate, you're too tipping on some folklore here, some philosophy down <laughs> south. If a cow falls on you in the woods and no one's around, would you hear it? I don't know the answer that's, to that. That's one of those things, right? It's like the tree fall scenario, right? Just it's with the cow. <laughs> the I'm just saying. Fall, if a cow falls on you in the woods, why the and fuck no is one a cow else in the woods? is around to hear it? Will you still hear it? Depends on what part it landed on first. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if you're dead. If, if you're it's out set out on your head, pasture. no, you're not gonna hear a fucking thing. They made that sheep movie too, the fucking black sheep movie. Yep. Or the like. There, there's probably like a the fucking Chris Farley one. Uh, no. Maybe it's not called black sheep. Are you talking about where the sheep are eating people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is black sheep. I'm yeah. almost positive it's black sheep. Um, it's an Aust- no. It's a. It's an Irish film, I believe. Yeah. The fucking. The, it's yeah. great. It's yeah. It's yeah. about this company that comes in and doing secret experiments, genetic experiments, and on, on uh, sheep, and they end up making a shit ton of sheep, healthy, perfectly healthy sheep, that some some chemical binary thing was in play and the scientist comes and grants it that and these sheep begin immediately hive mentality going after farmers and other humans to eat them <laughs> just what it does mm-hmm. so sheep sharing becomes sheep eating fucking sheep yeah now 
true true half of this is I mean to go back to reality. We had a goat that would headbutt you in the balls. <laughs> yep. It just it just chose to. That's and the level you're at. Yeah. It loves to do it. It would. I got you. Understand something? You know, it's a goat, and it's like you. The family wants to be nice. What are you doing with the goat? We can have goat milk, whatever. But beyond that, really, it's like two goats. And were they haunted goats? No, no, they're, they're goats. ornery goats. It should be haunted. <laughs> but I figure since we're talking about animal maiming and farm maiming, right. it's it's this goat that would always try because it views you're challenging it. Even though I'm pouring feed in your fucking thing. Yeah, it's maybe it's just an asshole Bonk. too. It is. Well, That's what I'm trying to say. This goat had it in for the balls. For goats, headbutting is like the equivalent of arm wrestling. It's it's just how it becomes a man. It's got to headbutt everything. A wall, a tree, your nuts. I mean... It's, it hit, it, what was funny was watching it drop my Uncle Tom. Like, I'm, I'm a midget even now compared to how big my Uncle Tom was. I mean, he was like double my size, you know, about three inches taller, broad dude. And to watch him fall was hysterical. Because this goat, and it happened every time. He'd be out there fucking around. A goat would try to headbutt him, and he'd do this ole hip movement where he would jump out like, whoa, and his hip would shoot straight out because yep. he had to jump to dodge it, and he's okay, and he'd grab it by the horns. All right, goat, move it to the side, swat it in the side, and it would kind of hop away, and then sometimes it'd go right back in. And when it did, it let it go, and I'd watch him get hit right, boom, right in the nuts, he'd fall. It was boom, oh, and the goat was like, Meh, and would hop away, like it won, and that was that. And I was like, that fucking goat, shoot it, dick. shoot that <laughs> motherfucker. Because like, it didn't matter. Dick. You were a kid, try to headbutt you. Your dude standing there, it would run, get over by you, and looks innocent enough. Turn for a minute, goat shot right All to the balls. All you gotta do is wait till it's sleeping and just fucking pull out a nail and a hammer and just. Just tap it. Just mark it in there, right at the forehead. You know, just so the next time it rams, it's gonna ram itself. Stupid. Oh, you know, Twenty to fifty people are killed each year in Africa from ants. Don't they have army ants? Yeah, I mean they they got a whole another come on. Right. I was gonna say it's not like Australia. I, but I it's never want to go to Africa. It's like everything there. Listen, like Africa and Australia. If they told me there's one of these two places you have to go. It's Australia or Africa. I go to Africa. That's uh, where I go. Would, Almost you? three yeah, thousand. Nothing people. racial, Nick, about it. <laughs> Australia, everything kills you. In Africa, fifty percent's going to kill you. I'm just saying. I'd go to I'd go to Australia I, or I New would, Zealand would, if they count the two yeah. as the same. I'm definitely going to New Zealand. Look, I would go to Australia on the real. Just if, stay out of the they, middle area. The middle right. area is the bad spot. And I'm talking in terms of wilderness. There's there's civilized places in Africa you can go to too. Let's not discount. Yeah, but you and can still get malaria like, if you go to those places. I can get malaria in the states. Let's just call it. You know, depending on bad. There's no civilized area in Africa. There's no right, one. right. No they're all fucking. <laughs> they're all chucking spears still, Nick. That's what they're doing. Get the fuck no, out of here. No, it's, but they're they're still warring constantly. Look, there's warring there's in still parts. Apartheid going on in South Africa. There's warring in parts. There's civil unrest. All I'm saying is our president visited somewhere in Africa three times. <laughs> with a retinue of half the Had military. Had to been somewhat civilized for him to go there. I know the Hilton has places in yeah, Africa. Just saying. <laughs> so obviously they're used to some tourism. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this place. It's pretty great. Yeah, actually, I'd, I'd go to both of them to be totally honest with you. I would... Uh, there's a lady who came into work on her, on her laptop at over 3,000 photos of her going to Africa and all that she shot and whatnot. And the coolest story out of all of them was where she was trying to take this picture of this lioness at night. And apparently, where, where you stay at, there's these little resort spots to take you on tour of. Well, at night, you're indoors. 
Yep. And uh, the Maasai tribe is who was assigned to protect you while you're indoors at night. And, and all they're doing is looking for lions. Yep. And I told her, don't leave your hut. Your hut is a bathroom in your hut. Your hut's air-conditioned. Your hut has a TV. You have a goddamn satellite. Don't fucking leave your hut. And she goes, the one time she tried to go outside to take a photo, they aggressively put her back in. There was like, no, you inside. Don't leave. And that's that. Well, during the day, she went to go walk out and this lioness and like one lioness and it was, no, it was one lioness, three cubs. And then she said somewhere you could hear the male lion roaring, just walked right through the camp. Now understand, she said she walked in the photo is real close because she walked down, had her camera in hand. And it's a quick shot, but it's like the lioness looked at her like 10 feet away. Yep. was just walking by, but there was no messiah around because they're the night shift. Yep. Now you're supposed to have the tour guide comes back, you hop in a bus and mm-hmm. you go. She goes, I was scared from life. I didn't know what to do. And she goes, she just walked in and locked the hut. That's all she could do. And But you look at this hut. I don't know what material they made. They made it out of the land and shit. A lot of wood and then like, I guess, clay. Yep. Hardened clay they built it up with. And then they hooked it up with some electronic shit and whatever. And that's that. I, I wouldn't have felt safe either. She told me about that and was like, oh, God, check it out. Here's the cool-ass bed I stayed on with the mosquito net because their windows don't have screens. Yeah. Yeah, they, the mosquitoes are a huge fucking issue. Psycho. In Africa. So. Yeah, I mean, if there's one good thing that Bill Gates does, definitely wasn't creating windows. <laughs> you dork. Welcome. That's okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I I feel like if I if I went to any place that was remotely uh, wilderness, I would be dead within a, a week. I, I honestly, you know, you got, you got to go camping with me. I, I, I everybody <laughs> tells me that I don't actually have to do that. Yeah, at all. <laughs> I mean, to be totally honest with you, you are definitely a car camper kind of person. Like listening to your podcast about about that, you just made amateur mistakes. Yeah, it happens. You know, you you move on, right? Um, me, I spent a week in the wilderness away from every fucking thing. And the only food I had was the food I put on my back. And the only shelter I had was the shelter I put on my back. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for you. No. Um, but, uh, and that's, or, that's for fair. most people, be totally honest with you, but I loved it. Yeah. I have no interest in that. Yeah. When, uh, when we go camping, um, like with the normal crew that I go camping with, it's like, uh, me and a couple of the guys that we were normally with on Xbox. Um, Jason, Phil, Matt, so on and so forth. Um, we car camp for like the better part of a week. The last time I went and I put the hatchet in my foot, good times, awesome story. <laughs> I want to um, hear about that story. I heard their version. I want to hear yours. <laughs> well, I, I got a better version. I can just show you it. Right? Oh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. You can wherever you like. I'm just uh, curious about the hatchet. But uh, I bought $1,000 in food to bring. And I wasn't the only person who had spent a ridiculous amount of money on food. I had like two pound a piece T-bone grass-fed steaks from Madison. I had to go and get like specifically butchered just so that I could bring them in. They're both they're all porterhouse cuts. Um, I had a pork belly. I had uh, a bunch of duck breasts that I that <laughs> we had wild duck breasts that my family had uh, gotten. And wow. I had venison that I brought with. I had a rabbit I brought with. Like, almost none of that got cooked because, like, day one, hour one, hatchet, foot, emergency room, I'm useless the rest of the weekend. Right? Fuck, man. Wow. But, uh, I mean, it, it's like that. Matt brings, like, a giant tub of filet mignon. Um, 
you go out and just cook flesh. The yeah. bears walk around jealous. We didn't even have the fucking water. <laughs> Where did he find oh, that meat? We have tons of water. We Plus, did, we, we go in a place that has like a somewhat of a facilities about it, right? There's a shower um, mm-hmm. if you want to get to it. It's not too far up the road. There's bathrooms that you can go in. Um, there's water you can collect, firewood you can bring in. It's we yeah know, we we it's we were so grossly underprepared. It's camping for people who don't camp. Yeah, like wilderness camp. It's you know, it's that get out in nature thing. Come up to Wisconsin, enjoy the woods. I've wilderness camped, and Nate, I can just it's, tell you that. You didn't have to shit in a hole. Here's the fucked up thing about it. I wilderness camped before as well. I, like I, we went camping. Like I went camping with my family. We went every fucking summer, and there was a period of time, like a 15 year gap, where I lost all taste for it. I lost all ability to sweat in nature, <laughs> and I'm trying to gradually return back to that. Okay, you know fucking get a little less comfortable i feel that like my yeah. comfort level is just overwhelming like i'm just non-stop comfortable and uh i i think it's i think it's a bit detrimental um like yesterday like the 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 least shitty part about the paintball and i want to i want to preface this in case anybody I, I you know in my family happens to hear this um i had a good time i really did uh, i'm just grossly out of shape so paintballing for grossly out of shape people is not the most fun trip you could take but all in all it was a good time well there's not a thing i can think of that i wouldn't rather do in awesome shape right right (laughs) (laughs) sex in terrible shape is still pretty good time yeah yeah but paintballing and and i was telling bob this and i don't know if i told you this but so we went to this place in lockport and it's pretty pretty solid place it was fun um a couple different courses that you go on and they basically at the start they're like all right everybody that's here for the open paintball meet at the fucking double trees so we all fucking herd over there and uh they split up teams and we get the guy that spends his life at the fucking paintball you know paintball course and he's got his all his gear and he's he's all fucking camoed up and he knows all the courses. And so they have a nickname for him. They call him the general. And my brother picked him. And smart on my brother's part, you know, because he looked like the guy who knew what he was doing. And uh, so we get, but he's like way too deep into this shit. So we get to the course, you know, they go, your team starts over there. The other team starts over there. So we get there. And this guy immediately, he's like, all right, you, you, you people need to cut over here and you need to go up here. And this course does this and this, this and this. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about anything you're telling me, guy. Like, I'm not interested in your fucking. So they blow the whistle or whatever. And he's barking orders and barking orders. And like, there was an instinctual, like, I just sort of started doing what he was yelling because there was an old guy yelling at me. So he's like, everybody run over there, run over there. And I'm like, oh, shit, I should run over there. Okay, Dad. Yeah, and I get there, and I'm like, wait, why am I listening to this guy? Like, I don't give a fuck if I win or lose. I, what? It, you shoot me. Oh, no, I, you thought it out. Right, right, right. Like, literally, like, they, it clicked. And uh, I, and as I said, I can't see because I can't wear my glasses. And then I can't see because the fucking mask fogs up. You can't take the mask off at all. And there are some fucking people that play paintball that are some goddamn narcs. Some straight up, like, you lift your mask at all, 
and other players are yelling at you, don't lift your mask, don't lift your mask. And I'm like, it's my eyeball. I signed a waiver. It's if, really the only spot where you can be seriously harmed paintballing. Yeah. And, but I'm like, I can't fucking see. So I'm like pushing the mask against my face and like pulling it up so I can see through like two little quarter inch slivers of not fogged fucking space. So I can't see at all. So I'm just shooting at things that move. Cause I'm <laughs> like blowing in the right. wind. So, so like I hear something moving <laughs> over there up behind and I'm like, that looks like it needs about 10 paintballs fired at it. And I hear this guy, stop shooting at your teammates. Stop shooting at your teammates. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, all right. Well, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know you were moving. And the only thing that separates you from the other team is your An team armband, is yeah. a little fucking armband. And all I can make out is shapes. So I can't see the fucking armband anyways. So I was like, well, let's just play it safe. If they're coming at me, I will shoot them. If they are not coming at me or they're coming from the side, I'll give it a second and then shoot at them. <clears throat> so apparently I was shooting at this guy a bunch. Um, but we go through the first game. I don't get shot out. I'm cool. You know, did a lot of hiding in the right. last sitting. Yeah, and yeah, you know, in the corner. Right, and, hide and, behind a rock. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like I, I got more injured from nature than I did from paintballs because, like, I was telling him there was like this bunker that was like you know like a mound formed out of dirt and a bunch of fucking rocks, and I think that the area that this course is in is near like a former rock quarry. And there's all these like little softball sized. I say little, but like softball sized roundish rocks everywhere on the ground. That's why I am very insistent if I ever go paintballing on knee pads. Yeah, for sure. And I would advise that because um, like like me, I'm I'm not in good physical shape. So the hike to the place, I was already like, fuck, I'm getting sweaty and tired. And so then we're like run around and the ground is already uneven and I can't see where I'm running. And I have this mask that's obscuring my peripheral vision. <laughs> and then I'm running on like hard rock softballs that are covered in leaves. So I can't even see them to avoid them. And I'm like, I'm going to break something real fucking soon here. Uh, and then I'm like, fuck it. I'll just hide in this bunker. Well, the bunker had like a chunk of wood that was like jammed into the ground and I didn't see it. So then I turned on it and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I can't hide here. So there's rocks and fucking jaggedy wood here. So I was like, uh. So I just fucking went and like hid behind some trees and how I got shot was I got lazy. I got so lazy. I didn't even bother to find a tree that was like my width. I found one that was like probably, you know, like the size of a coffee can around. And I just kind of did that sideways. Like this seems like a good place to hide (laughs) and got shot in the wrist. And I was like, oh, fair enough. And I guess my brother got shot like at the same time. So we're cutting across the course, and we both have our, our arms up, and I think I got revenge shot because I got shot in the face, up under the mask, like in the chin. Ooh. And I was like, like it didn't even hurt so much as it did. It immediately made me angry. And I was <laughs> like, I want to beat up whoever just shot me. Because I was like, hey, I got my hands up, I got my gun in the air, and I'm walking in the fucking open, and someone shot me in the face, and only shot me once. So I was like, that was a revenge shot. And I was immediately like, who was it? I want to fuck him up. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't know who it was. I couldn't see him anyways. So I just fucking wandered back. So I got one welt. That was the experience. That was the pain of my... your partner that you shot at. Yeah, probably. Because he shot me right... <laughs> shot me... I'm, I'm left-handed. And so I have my gun out. And it just fucking came like... 
plop right on my fucking arm. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm out. Walked off and fucking that was that. That was that was the extent of my pain. My brother's fucking buddy. He's like a shorter version. He looks like if you took like 100 pounds off of me and then shrunk me like five inches. He looks like he is a member of our family. It's real weird. <laughs> he got into like the distance I am from you. The shanty Irish blood flows. He, he, uh, he, he runs up and the chick's like, are you wearing an armband? And he's like, yeah. And so she just starts shooting at him and they just start shooting at each other. About three feet away. Yeah, like like literally like three feet away from each other. This dude was peppered with like these deep red welts Ugh. all over his fucking back, his arms, his chest. I was just like, oh fuck that. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a list of places you really don't want to get shot in paintball, um, and it's anywhere where there's not meat between your skin and your bone. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, and and obviously the genitals. You don't want to get shot in the genitals if you're if you're carrying spare paint. Uh, I totally recommend that you wear that right in front of your crotch <laughs> for sure. If not wear a cup, you'll yeah. never regret it. Yeah. I didn't never didn't get shot there, but um, then fucking the other funny thing that happened was uh, we're, we're at this, the, this one spot it's called fallout or whatever. And it's got like this giant fucking stone structure. I don't know what it was for when it was a thing, but you know, it's dilapidated, but it's giant fucking stone structure and all these little like these like foam walls that like that they built up. And uh, just to simulate like some kind of close quarters combat. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a small course and you know, it's just like little buildings or whatever. And uh we all fucking run because again, everyone's amped up by the general. Like, all right, when they blow the whistle, you fucking run. So they all run and I don't because at this time I've, I've already I've cashed out. I'm like, I'm not fucking running anywhere. If you shoot me, I'm done. And then I get to go stand somewhere. So they're all running and they're all bunched up. Just waiting for the part of the story where you shoot yourself and be like, I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm going to the side. <laughs> well, the, please don't shoot at me was, anymore. Here's the fucking the, the shit of it was the last game where I was like, I'm, I'm done. The last game is a half an hour long. What they called God mode. If you get shot, you just run back to your spawn and then run up and continue that's playing. fucking torture how do you win it you, you don't it was like literally now is the time where we use up all of our paint oh and i was like i'm not about that so uh we're at this fucking fallout one and they all charge forward and one of my uh, brother's girlfriend's friends just busts her shit like they're all bunched up and she just gets fucking tripped and just splayed out all her fucking her gun shoots out of her hand all her paintballs shoot all over the place and none of them fucking stop for a second. They just keep running. And I'm, I i wasn't running. So I was like walking to wherever we were going. I was like, why am I going to run to get shot? So I'm like, oh, fuck. She just busted ass. So I'm like trying to help her up. And like even the ref is like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. So I help her up, put her gun back together, try to fucking gather up her paintballs. And I was like, that, and that was the only reason I didn't get shot that game. Because I just waited fucking like 10 minutes to even do anything but the the last one the last one was fucking torture because i literally was like we're gonna play this for a half an hour expect to get shot a whole bunch i did not yeah that really really sounds kind of crazy to me yeah i mean one of the big things that because i i don't paintball often it's like once in a great while years apart since i was in high school um Biggest concerns always paint, right? Because that's your most expensive buy-in anytime yeah. you go paintballing. 
Um, so you'll see some people just like throwing ropes of paint around and you're just like, how can you afford that madness? Like, yeah, I get it. Like if, if you're blowing more than like two or 300 balls in a game that then you're just laying the trigger down. You're not even, for me, it's always precise shots. Like I said, I, 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 I earlier, I play paintball like I play like an modern old man, warfare. That's what you said. Uh, right. <laughs> I make I slow movements to conceal cover, precise shots. You know, I aim, you know, paintballs do tend to spin and deviate wherever they are, depending on uh, how full your ball is, how round it is, different stuff like that. But generally, they tend to go in a straight area. Um, and... Nate's problem with the the fogging is also a bit of an issue that happens. There's three solutions that I know about this. One of them is there's spray you can get for no fogging your lenses. The other one is dual pane lenses, just like your windows in your house. Um, one pane matches temperature outside. One matches temperature on your face. And obviously, as you sweat, there's water condensation, stuff like that. The other one that I have never seen work, but a lot of people swear by it, is just to spit yep. on the lenses and wipe it, and that's supposed to do it. It's the same thing in swimming. I'd say do the same thing for goggles that fog out. Yeah, it it works, but not like not like it's the catch all. It's yeah, literally like I, you got no nothing else. And all of our equipment was rental equipment too, so it wasn't like right, you know right. I like I went out and bought a mask and was like, oh, this is the good one. No, this was like a hundred other people had worn this shit. And maybe it was fitting my head right. Maybe it wasn't. I'm not big on wearing masks to begin with. And, and they need to work on ventilating those things. They right. try to make them a perfect seal because um, they just, they, you know, never want anything to ever get in near your eye. But So the goal is to, to not have impact, right. not to prevent paint from hitting you. Right. So, so ventilating like, them should be a normal thing. You right. Know? Like I mean, I, I imagine they're worried about some of the outer shell of the paintball getting into your eye and possibly doing some damage there. But oh, I think I the, mean, the risk is super minimal. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah. you know, I was like, I would rather just wear fucking like some just straight goggles than wear this big mask. And the kid was like, oh, well, we saw a woman who, you know, she had her mask up and she got hit in the lip and it broke her tooth. And I was like, uh, that's not exactly the same thing we're I don't talking know about. That, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that seems weird that a ball of paint would break someone's tooth out, but all right, How about that's this? fair. Don't aim for the head. Oh, that was. Well, or the, if you're going to do meth, don't go paintballing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, By the I, way, was meth mouth there? Oh, yeah, he was. Absolutely, he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's a cool kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> no hobo shitfoot. Apparently, they don't hang out with hobo shitfoot anymore. So that makes sense. He's well. Yeah. He's gonna keep on keeping on. Oh, that, that dude's got some fucking. He's he's an interesting character. He's another one that wears the 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 hatchet man medallion. Of course, oh, no. prominently. Of course, That's yeah. Card carrying yeah, members the, of the that, organization. There, that whole crew is like either current or former juggalos. Like recovering yeah, juggalos. Yeah. He's Twenty eight years old and still got this fucking hatchet man tattoo on his fucking forearm. <laughs> Oh, but, I can I can totally see on your wrist the spot right there where you got hit. Yeah. Yeah, right there. Yeah. A little. Yeah. It, well, it's it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like yeah, like, the game before I got shot in the face. I got shot right in the eye, but I was wearing a mask, so I didn't even feel it. Yep. It was just like and got paint all over me. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm out. Oh, big fucking tragedy there. But then when I got shot in the wrist, I was like, oh, that fucking hurt. 
Uh, but that was it. I was like, oh, it fucking hurt. Ah, fucking, yeah, because ah. you're on your wrist, you're a little bit low on meat between your skin and your bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be one of those sensitive areas. Always wear gloves. What I do is I, I go to the hardware store, get those mechanical gloves. Yep. Um, that's just to stop you from banging your knuckles against your block when you're wrenching on something. Um, those work perfect for paintball hits to the hand because eventually you're going to get one. Um, if you hit it on this side of your hand, on the palm side of your hand, it's not that big of an issue. But on the top of your hand, where it's all just tendons and bones, pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, but that's when I got shot in the wrist and I was fucking walking across the field when I got shot here. That shit chin. fucking, yeah. It was like, it was. I don't even know how, because I had the mask on. It was like it came up under and hit me like right here. And I was like, you motherfucker. I felt it was aimed. That's, that's it had to have been that's somebody laying down but the girl that yeah. the girl that fucking pitched that wiped she got shot in the fucking ear oh she'd fucking paint that all down yeah, the side and of her then head. you gotta getting shot in the ear um so a lot of masks will cover like the ears um a lot of them won't so it's <laughs> kind of like it's kind of up to how much they want to spend whatever place you're at um but if you get shot in the ear even through a mask what you're going to end up doing is digging out debris from a, every crook and crevice inside your ear to try and get that vegetable oil mess and the uh, shell uh, fractures inside it out of your ear. It's a, it sucks. It's getting shot in the hair is bad. It's like I imagine yeah, at, that's the only time in your life you'll ever really understand what a porn star goes through. <laughs> <laughs> I had fucking paint all in my beard and shit. I was like digging out fucking likewise in your beard porn star yeah yeah <laughs> it was not fun i think we're like nearly fucking three hours on this thing i don't know i uh i, I didn't keep a track that might have been you it's normally you yeah so. i only keep track for space purposes but yeah. yeah well you know so i think i think we're good i think we're gonna wrap up unless you got more you want to add no nah, there's not there's uh that's that's one of those things where uh i guess we're in depth as much as we know or care to and yeah. uh, we are we are we're not a paranormal show, so we were like, "Everybody at your homes, explain yeah, that we, we weird know. shit, weird shit." Look, I'm going to tell you, Ghost. like, Ooh, disclaimer: I've, I think we covered everything. I'm going to tell you, like I've said many times before, if we have a topic and we stay on that topic, that's cool. If we do not stay on that topic, I do not give a shit. I, <laughs> I do not care at all. I just want to have an interesting conversation. So yeah, it'd be terrible to try and force feed a topic for three hours. Yeah, when it's dried out. Yeah, essentially. Yep. So we're going to keep it nubile. We're going to call it to a close. Uh, please share, like, uh, send to your friends. Visit the website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, Twitter, Team Epic Win. Have anything you want to add? Fuck Hank Pym. Alrighty. That's what I add. <laughs> Nick, thank you again for coming out. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope of to have you uh, often. And, uh, you know, it sucks you got to fucking drive two hours, but. It's appreciated. Boycott Hank Pym for Halloween. I don't know what your obsession is with Hank Pym. I fucking hate Hank Pym. Uh, clearly. <laughs> Hank Pym's a piece of shit. Hank Pym beats his wife. Okay? And Hank Pym, he, he designed Ultron because he's a fucking asshole. He's the weakest Avenger. Th- think, think of what Ant-Man has actually contributed to the Avengers. Nothing. And most likely so, he's not. He's so, Ant-Man, which who Hank Pym is, grows the size of a building... He can still blow an Achilles heel running up a hill. He oh. can still have it happen. He he gets punched in the knee by the Hulk and is out. 
for the entire fight that the Hulk goes berserk and the Avengers should have bring him in. So there's no fucking need for him. Like, what are you there for? He's like, oh, but he gains muscle mass and durability. No, he doesn't gain the durability because King Kong took a plane to the fucking knee like a champ and kept on going. Ant-Man, the superhero, Hulk does gets not fucked. hit like a plane. It's, look, look, <laughs> I am a super fucking fan of the Hulk, but if I am 20 times the size of the Hulk, I should be able to take a punch. And it wasn't like the Hulk put his all into it. He just jumped by and went, bink, and Ant-Man was down. And we're talking down for the fight. Like, anything else he did from that point was him, oh, my knee, doing... He's, he's a scientist. That's it. Exactly. He should have stayed a scientist, been like Hank Pym school. He's a scientist, works for S.H.I.E.L.D. High five, Hank Pym. Cool. And they're like, no, let's make a Ant-Man. Like the weakest goddamn hero I, ever. I, I, I feel like there is some degree of understanding of Marvel uh, because they didn't include Hank Pym originally in the Avengers. Like Ant-Man was clearly an original Avenger. Um, and even in the Ant-Man movie, like Hank Pym is just a scientist. Like yeah. they, they just sort of mention them. So like, I haven't seen the Ant-Man movie. I don't know if it's good or if it's bad or what, uh, I, I'd, I'd be willing to watch it, but, um, yeah, I don't, I, I'd be willing to watch it too because they make good films, but I also know that this dude's a thief. It's not Hank Pym and it's specifically right. the character of Hank Pym. Even the guy in the movie who's playing Ant-Man's like, really Ant-Man? It's like he embodies what I feel about Ant-Man. Like this is what the fuck I can shrink. Like, Oh, I mean, and then they even make fun of it because they have a battle on a mini, uh, indoor like collectors uh, racetrack, right? Yeah. So they're even making fun of the fact. Yeah, that he's I thought it, I thought it was Matt who said that there was an entire comic book that um, the the it was Ant Man trying to fight his way out of a paper bag. Right. <laughs> it should <laughs> fucking hate that guy so much. It's like wow, you're a waste. Alrighty. Well, without further ado, uh, we'll have another one uh, up on Friday, and we'll see you then. Till then. <laughs> Good Have night. a good evening. Turd? <laughs>